0: And now, introducing the man who, when asked for his thoughts on the Jets acquiring Joe Flacco for a second stint, said, quote, Joe Flacco is elite, and you can't spell MetLife without elite. Or Eli. Or me. Why didn't they call me? Did they call Eli? Unquote. Here's a, He's a hero the Jets deserve, but not the one they need right now. He is Glenn Clark. Good morning. It is a Tuesday
1: edition of Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn Clark. He is Paul Valley. We are with you for the next couple of hours or so. It is bye week. We are in the throes of Ravens bye week, and um, there's one or two ways we go about doing this. Look, I, I, you know, we we spent yesterday obviously sort of talking about the how do we measure things, and I know there's going to be a lot about the Ravens and what they could do before the trade deadline. And if a rumor starts floating up, right? Like if we hear today that the Ravens are poking in on a certain tackle or a certain running back or I don't know, even a certain linebacker. First of all, did anybody think it was going to be Marcus Peters two years ago? that The Ravens going to be trading for that one caught us completely off guard. Unique Ngakwe a year ago, we had been talking about for weeks. I think since the after the Chiefs game last year, we started talking about. Unique in Ngakwe as someone the Ravens might identify and and go after in the trade market. So it could be someone expected, it could be someone unexpected, it could be nothing at all because of the cap space situation. It could be a lot of things. But the point is, if a rumor comes up, we'll react to it. But we can either sit around all week and just continue to rehash the same conversations with no game coming up, or we can uh, mix things up a little bit and try to do some other things. And that's what we're going to do. Um, a little bit more of this week. We are going to have a Tyus Bowser show tonight. Uh, we It is unfortunately a private event, so unless you're a member of the Center Club, you're not going to be able to join us for this one, but as I've been telling you, we're going to be back in Baltimore County at Mother's in uh, Timonium. I guess it's more like Cockeysville. that's what... What, do you call, what is that? That's You were just you were talking about joining the gym that's right there, by the way. You were just talking about that today. I think that's, what do we call that? that's, that's I think Cockeysville. That's technically
0: Timonium. Cockeysville is down more towards the Hunt Valley side, I think. Well, I mean, it's it's certainly is between it Timonium and Cockeysville. Lutherville?
1: Eh. Lutherville before Timonium.
2: Okay. Lutherville,
1: it goes Towson, Lutherville, Timonium, Cockeysville, Hunt Valley as you travel up the York Road or 83 corridor, if you will, in uh, Baltimore County.
0: I it's right on the edge.
1: It's, it's right on the, the edge of Timonium and it's the next
0: big road down from Timonium Road. I assume it's and th- they say that the Maryland State Fairgrounds are in Timonium, and that's right. Yes, there. so I believe it's Timonium.
2: But it's just past the
1: fairgrounds, and it makes me wonder if it's. I, I don't I don't know. This is what I'm saying. I don't. I genuinely I don't know. What are the rules? What are the rules? What are the rules? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know exactly what the rules are. But the moral of the story is we're gonna be at Mother's um, with Tyus Bowser on November sixteenth. So you won't miss you won't miss that one. You don't have to be a member. You don't have to. It's not a private event. You don't have to win something. You can just come out and join us on November sixteenth for the next Tyus Bowser show after tonight's, which again is a private show at the Center Club. Um, you'll hear uh, that show in the next couple of days on these airways with Tyus and his special guest Deshaun Elliott. So um, you'll still be able to listen to it. The show will still air live. You can watch the show tonight at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. Unfortunately, you just can't join us for this one. I'm sorry, but we'll see you on November 16th for the next Tyus Bowser show. Find out more PressBoxOnline.com slash Bowser. It's all brought to you by PressBox and Great Eights Memorabilia. Speaking of which, happy birthday, Chris Ruling from Great Eights Memorabilia. Love him. He's a great partner of ours. Um, and... All of the passes for the free meet-and-greet with Justin Tucker have been claimed, unfortunately. I just found that out this morning, so I tried warning you had to go to great 8 and find out what you needed to find out. You can still meet Deshaun Elliott. So again, even if you're going to miss him tonight, you can meet him as part of the Harvest for Hope series that Great Eights Memorabilia is doing in November or Tyus Bowser. Find out more about the Harvest for Hope free events that Great Eights Memorabilia is putting together. All you gotta do, it's very simple. All you gotta do is go over to uh, Giant and purchase a Harvest of Hope food bag, and that's gonna be your admission into these signings. But you gotta register. There's there's just there's rules in order to make sure that these things don't get out of control, as you can imagine. If if it was just an alley Ali oxen free situation with Justin Tucker, it could have created a bit of a mob. And uh, that's no good for anyone. So go to great 8 and find out more about how you can help the community and at the same time meet a couple of your favorite Baltimore football players. Again, great with the number eight. We are going to do some different things over the course of the next few days. I mentioned on Friday we're going to do our annual college basketball preview show. I'm putting the finishing touches on who's going to be joining us. Just waiting for one more confirmation, I think, and then I'll announce it to you. Um, Exactly who all is joining us A a couple that are from uh, the further reaches They're going to join us via Zoom Instead of joining us live in studio We totally understand that And I think one of the local coaches Who's out recruiting on Friday So he's going to have to join us via Zoom as well But everybody else Planning on stopping by the studio We look forward to that So that's coming up on Friday What's coming up today is we are going to dive into this Saturday the University of Maryland football team celebrating the 20th anniversary of the best season in modern Maryland history. That was the magical 2001 campaign when I was a freshman in college. And I was there that first game against North Carolina. In fact, I went with my, my father came down for that game. And we were among the few. There were not many of us that were at Bird Stadium that day. And I remember Willie Parker, future Pittsburgh Steelers running back, breaking off something like an 80-yard touchdown run on maybe North Carolina's first play from scrimmage and taking an early 7-0 lead. And I remember just looking at each other like, nah, Maryland football, what did we expect? And um, what we should have been expecting was that Maryland was going to roll to a victory that day despite that long touchdown run for Willie Parker. And what we had no idea that we could expect is that they were going to go on to win the ACC title that year and make it to the Orange Bowl. It was an incredible season. Ralph Regan is going to join us in a couple of minutes. Sean Hill, of course, uh, who not only was the quarterback for that team but went on to have like a decade and a half career in the NFL, is going to join us a little bit later on as well. Looking forward to that. And also today we're going to meet, um, you know, I, I I did a piece for this print issue of box, which is available right now at your Neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox or read it all pressboxonline.com, you see Brenda Fries on the cover, but I also did a piece inside about Elijah Green, who a lot of people believe is the number one overall prospect in next year's MLB draft and who has a unique tie to Baltimore because of his father, former Ravens tight end Eric Green. So I did a piece and I talked to Elijah Green and um that was really special. We're going to meet someone else. A lot of people's response was, yeah, I get it, everybody's talking about Elijah Green, but don't you realize all the Orioles do is draft college bats? They don't draft the high schoolers. At least not, you know, in the first round of the draft. And that's that's fair, that's true. I don't know what that means. I cannot see the future, believe it or not, despite the fact that, um, you know, I've been studying for all these years. I have not been able to break through and figure out a way to see through to the future. I can't tell you who the Orioles are going to draft, but... If you're someone who thinks they're going to draft a college bat come hell or high water, well, we're going to chat today with Brooks Lee from Cal Poly, shortstop out there, who is thought of by many to be the top overall college bat in this year's draft, and by some to be the top overall prospect in this year's draft. So we're going to meet another potential number one overall pick for the Orioles. Is they the problem? Somebody said, Glenn, it's awfully early for this. Once they get into their season, it's very difficult to get these guys for interviews so we're going to do it now before their season begins and fresh off the Orioles kind of clinching the number one overall pick or at least we think clinching the number one overall pick um there could I guess still be shenanigans afoot in the new CBA that we don't know about but we're assuming that's going to be the case uh we'll talk to Brooks Lee a little bit later on and yes there is of course the the other part of that which is how ironic it would be for the Orioles to use the number one overall pick on a young man named Brooks. That would just be a a very interesting Baltimore tie. So hopefully he knows how to answer that question when it comes up first. That's going to be the first thing we ask is, why is your name Brooks? Hopefully, being on in Baltimore, he'll, even if not true, lie about it to help the story along. It would just go a long way if uh, Brooksley ends up being that guy. So that's all coming up on the program today. All right, let me catch my breath for a second. Uh, you know what I did? I watched the football game last night, Paul, and it was miserable. I mean, it was one of the worst football games I've ever seen in my entire life. It, it was, wasn't good. It was an abomination. Um, I was joking about how the uh, I was I was looking. I always like to look a little bit ahead of time. One of my one of my bits that I go back to is what a joke it is. The NFL just doesn't put all the games on TV. Like it's they they watch college football's popularity rise exponentially because they decided at some point, hey, we should make all of the games available on TV. That would be a good thing. And then maybe perhaps if, even if you live somewhere where you don't – like there's – and a lot of people in Baltimore are apathetic towards college football. But if you can watch literally every team across the country during the course of a Saturday on 80 different networks, then you might find something that you're into. You might, you know, strengthen your feelings for Penn State football if you know you're never going to miss a game. You might – you know, if you've decided that you're in love with Notre Dame football, and by the way, all of you that fall into these categories get the F out. You're terrible human beings. But I get it. They exist. You might um, – it would benefit you to be able to watch all the Notre Dame games no matter what. If if you decided that you're an Alabama person for whatever reason because you're a front runner and a, and a terrible human being, if you're a Clemson fan and decided to stop being a Clemson fan this season because they've lost three games, whatever it is, you can watch all the games. You know that. Even if Clemson's playing – chattanooga you know that game is going to be on tv somewhere you will be able to watch it if you've decided to be a clemson fan but then the nfl does this wacky bit where they're like nah we don't think that'll help us yeah we just we'd rather make it so that only a small group of people can see all the games you have to go to a bar which of course is a miserable experience or depending on what bar you go to um or you have to have one particular type of satellite provider and then you have to pay additional money We've got all the fans we need. We don't need to continue to grow and develop stars. We, the, we're the we not worried about all that sort of stuff. The casual fans that will never pay for a Sunday ticket type of thing, yeah, we don't need them. They can just take whatever dreck we're willing to give them on, um, on a national TV game at 4 o'clock. It's a bit that I talk about regularly. It's a bad bit terrible bit don't know what the nfl is doing and my understanding and poking around with other people that know is that they're simply unwilling to explore the concept of just putting all the games on tv it's not everybody like whenever i bring this up people like because again people like to think that they're smarter than you are you're not um and not because i'm so smart because you're not i mean i don't know how to say that it's just you're not you 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 this thing we do on twitter you're like well have you thought about yes i've thought about all of it um uh, people have brought up like. Well, they're making money on the the ticket. I assure you they're not making more money than they would make. Selling advertising. Have you seen how much advertising rates cost for NFL football games? Have you seen it? Are you aware that all, every television program that pops a number during the course of a year has one thing in common? You know what it is? It's an NFL game. There could be a crap in it. The worst... Last night was the worst NFL game I might have ever seen in my life, and you know what it's going to be—the highest-rated thing on all of television.
2: That's
3: the
1: way the NFL works. <coughs> so, <coughs> I like to. Oh, yeah, that sounds good. We both oh, sound good, boy, man. Yeah, it sounds good, yeah. Man. It really sounds good. So I like to check ahead of time. And I like to say, "Hey, what's the uh, what are the viewing options going to be?" If you're uh, if you're sitting around this Sunday, it's bye week. What are you going to be able to sit at home and watch? You know, like what's on uh, what's on the old uh, t- uh, the old tuber there, right? That you can sit if you're a football fan and enjoy from the comfort of your home and take in. And so I was poking into that for this coming weekend, and it's a Fox doubleheader weekend. So the early game on CBS, the one game is Steelers Browns, which you know I don't think either of those teams right now looks like they're a Super Bowl contender, but they're two relevant teams for fans in this area, and so it makes sense that WJZ would want to run that game at one o'clock locally. I completely understand that. Not I, I is it a sexy matchup? I don't know. Nick Chubb's apparently gonna be back, so that's good. Um he's obviously a very good player. I don't know what Baker Mayfield's story is. I don't know when he might be back, but you know whatever. It's 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 a relevant game for this local market. That's fine. The one o'clock game on Fox is Eagles Lions. <laughs> which is a matchup of two teams with a combined two wins on the season. If you live in the Baltimore area WBAF WBF, WBFF at the moment a current at the moment they can change it I guess I think that's the rule they can change it currently believes the game you'd be most interested in viewing is Eagles Lions. But there's good news because there's a 425 window. And you might say to yourself, well, I was going to watch the Cleveland-Pittsburgh game anyway at 1 o'clock if I'm sitting around watching football, so no big deal. I don't care what they're running on the local Fox channel. I'm I'm going to watch the other game. There's good news at 425 for local football fans. If you want to watch a big game, they've got you covered on WBFF, Fox 45, scheduled to air. The Washington Football Fellers against the Denver Broncos—big time stuff, man. You can't miss that. The only game in town at 4:25 on Sunday—you can't miss that one. Now, I don't know what the rules, are, as we were going over over the weekend, I, I don't, I don't know what the rules are for local networks and having to air Washington when they're playing. Like in Week One of the NFL season, the Ravens didn't play until Monday night. Uh, CBS had the Washington Chargers game, that was a CBS game, and WJZ didn't air that. Instead, they aired the Pittsburgh Buffalo game, which was far more compelling, far more interesting to us locally, and a far better viewing option for Baltimore fans. And so that's the one that they aired. So the first response that I get back from people is, uh, I'm pretty sure they have to air the Washington game. I I used to think that way. I thought that was a rule, like when Baltimore came into the league that Like, Washington still got the rights that their games are going to be on TV. But clearly, WJZ did not have to air the Washington game in week one. They aired Pittsburgh-Buffalo instead to to the delight of all... I have no idea why this would be the game. I don't know if it can be changed. It's just, it's so, so bloody bad. And somebody said, well, the other thing is it's not like there's any better games that are on. And that is part of the problem with the bye weeks going on and the fact that this week's Thursday night game is the game of the week. It's Packers Cardinals. It's unbelievable. It's just a phenomenal Thursday night game. Unfortunately, the Packers are going to be depleted. It looks like Devontae Adams probably won't play because of COVID. Some other guys look like they're going to be out. Um, But it's still, it's the game of the week for this week. Uh, I pointed out, well, Buccaneers Saints is a much better matchup. And I might take that back. I might, after watching the New Orleans Saints, I might find myself taking that back. They are god awful. It is so, I don't care that the Seahawks have to play Geno Smith, it's so embarrassing that you lost to the New Orleans Saints. They suck. Like, they have <laughs> Alvin Kamara, and that's it. And by the way, it's a good thing to have. Let's make that abundantly clear. still torched him. Yeah, Alvin Kamara is quite good, but that's it. Like, Jameis Winston is a horrendous quarterback. I have He's no idea. Bad. I know we used to make fun of him for all the interceptions that he threw. I would take all those interceptions back if, like, it meant that he could get those touchdowns that he used to throw back. He at least used to mix in that he was a gunslinger, right? It, it, at least you used to get some good with the bad. Now it's just bad and boring and awful. It's well, so pathetic watching them.
0: Who does he have to sling the ball to, though? With no, I, without I'm, Michael Thomas, there's right, nobody else. That's,
2: that's fine, but even when he throws the ball downfield, it's nowhere near a wide receiver. It's it's bad,
1: and so somebody would say, well, hey, this is the what they did with Drew Brees the last couple years when he couldn't throw the ball downfield anymore. They just figured the entirety of the offense is going to be Alvin Kamara. And, again, I own Alvin Kamara in a fantasy league, so, like, thumbs up. I get it. But at some point, you got to be able to throw the ball downfield. Mm-hmm. You have to be able and capable of throwing the ball to someone down the field, and he can't do it. It's bad. It was painful to watch. Geno Smith, of course, can't do it either. That was, you know, part of the reason why last night was such an abomination. But we know that about Geno Smith. There's a reason he's not a starting quarterback in the NFL. Um, could the Seahawks have done better in terms of a backup quarterback? Perhaps, but there's only so many of the, you know, like there's how how many teams really have a backup quarterback that they could play with and and compete with. In the National Football League, there's not really even 32 quality quarterbacks in the league, more or less enough for teams to have backups that are quality.
0: They could have had Joe Flacco.
1: They could have at a, at, a, at a reasonable price. They could have had Joe Flacco. Would have just cost them a sixth-round pick in order to have yep. had Joe Flacco, who I presume will start for the Jets moving forward until uh, whatever time Zach Wilson is able to return. I, I can't imagine that they feel the need to stick Mike White back out there any longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I assume, unless they're afraid that Joe Flacco's not ready to pick up the offense or something like that, I assume that uh, he'll step right back in as a starter moving forward. But, yeah, what an god-awful football game that proved to be last night. Just horrendous, but um, it was a football game. We had it to view. Tonight, we get the World Series. Game one, of course, between Atlanta and Houston. Uh, We'll talk more about that when we get to totally tubular a little bit later on, Mobile One, full synthetic motor oil, helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Loop Service Center. Ask for Mobile One. Well, as I mentioned, this coming Saturday, they are celebrating the 20th anniversary of my favorite season of Maryland football history. I was a freshman at the university, like sitting in the stands at Bird Stadium, as I said, with my father, who came down to hang out with my buddy Josh and I for the first game of the year, and we watched Willie Parker run off that long touchdown run, and we looked at each other and said, more of this, and it wasn't that. Of course, the uh, 2001 Maryland Terrapins went on to win the ACC and reach the Orange Bowl. Our next guest, someone who we've had a long relationship with over the years, Uh, saw him down in Charleston a couple years ago. He's one of my favorite people ever. He is, of course, the great Ralph Regan, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Coach, it's Glenn and Paul. It's always good to catch up with you, sir. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us. Well, it's good to be back. Good to talk to you. Can you take me back to that day, uh, game one of the 2001 season, against North Carolina, and Willie Parker goes off for like an 80-yard touchdown run. I mentioned, we're, I'm sitting in the stands like, oh, God, Maryland football. What, what's going through your mind as you're trying to establish something in your first year at the, back at the University of Maryland?
4: It's, Well, it was actually 70 yards. That's how well I Uh, remember. Uh, (laughs) And I remember uh, when when he made the run and scored, uh, Gary Blackley, my defensive coordinator, uh, got on the phone and said, am I fired? I said, we got 59 more minutes. I'll make a decision then. So, you know, that's what people don't understand. Uh, You know, I was uh, an interim uh, head coach for the Chargers, Coach Ross yep. had to be hospitalized. It was a preseason game, and it was a similar situation. I think we were playing Seattle, and they scored on the first series. And, of course, in the NFL, when something goes wrong, everybody's pointing fingers. And I said, just relax. We've got 59 more minutes to go. You know, We'll work this out. And um, I really think it goes really a tribute to our players because uh, I think we really won that game and won a workout. I think we were better hmm. conditioned. Hmm and more determined and it, i was very fortunate to inherit a bunch of kids who were tired of losing and really would do whatever i say or are said to uh, prepare themselves to win and they didn't get down when everybody else was saying oh this is the same old maryland Yep. well we showed them we weren't the same old maryland and uh you know we came back and, and won that game against a very very talented team i think they had Two or three guys went in the first round that year. I know Peppers was one, and I had another big tackle was another. And Parker played for Pittsburgh yep. for quite some time. So. Yeah, and Ronald Curry,
1: I think, was their quarterback at that point. If I right, remember correctly. Right. So,
4: you know, we 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 had. a – I was fortunate enough to have good coaches and uh, and great players and the, the very unselfish players that really just didn't care who got the credit as long as we won, Coach. It, and it, that was very rewarding
1: to me that that sort of steps into my next question which was was going to be simplistic how did that season happen I mean it it really is like in the moment we were all enjoying it to the point where I don't I don't know that we were able to give it the proper perspective but it's one of the most remarkable things in maybe the history of college football that a program that had been so mired in mediocrity at that point was able to change so drastically so quickly truly how did that happen
4: Well, I tell this story all the time, but when I interviewed at Maryland, uh, the last part of the interview was to to be interviewed by the players. Hmm. And I used it as a, you know, as a way to find out what was really wrong. And the players were very, very honest with me. But Aaron Thompson, who ended up being one of our captains, probably asked me the best question of the day. And he says, what are you going to do that the other coaches didn't do to make us win? And I said, first of all, I'm going to teach you how not to lose. And by that, I mean, we're not going to, we're not going to create penalties. We're not going to create turnovers. We're not going to have sacks. We're not going to have dropped passes. Um, you, those things get you beat. And I said, when we we do those things, then we're going to gain confidence. And we're going to, we're going to beat teams because they beat themselves. And um, I said, we're, we're going to get confidence, and we're going to play better than we've ever played before. I said, you're also going to be in the best shape you've ever been in because I'm going to work you really hard. And uh, it kind of played out that way. I think our defense turned, we had a turn, turnover ratio, I think, plus 26 that year. And I think we had something like 19 or 20 interceptions. We had a really, really good defense uh, led by EJ, but we had, you know, Dominique Foxworth came in and played really big in our last three games. We had to burn his red shirt and he played like a veteran and really was very instrumental in us beating Clemson and then going down and beating NC State. So it really kind of played out just like I told Aaron that day. And, and uh, you know, the good Lord was looking over us, I guess. You know, so like I said, we, we had a good bunch of coaches and a great team.
1: He is Ralph Friedgen. Maryland is going to celebrate the 20th anniversary of that incredible 2001 run to the ACC championship this Saturday. Coach is with us on GCR. Ralph, you bring up two of the three games I wanted to talk about, and I, I just three games that stand out to me significantly from that year. But the first one is the Georgia Tech game and just the sort of unreal way that you guys hung in there, came back, and you know, threw out a kicker that didn't have a lot of experience that got the job done. It, w- was that the game that made you realize this was 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 real. Was something that that could genuinely happen? Winning the ACC. Well,
4: I always, you know, I always think good things are going to happen, and um, I was really disappointed when the team's goals that year were to win six games, <laughs> uh, because the, the, six games to them meant they go to they were going to go to a ball game, and that was a very difficult game for me because you know, I coached those guys the year before and I was very close to that team and we had a very good season and, um, and then gets George O'Leary who really allowed me to be very creative. And I really enjoyed working for him. And so it was two friends going against each other in a Thursday night game. And, uh, and, and, you know, we played, we've got a turnover. EJ ran it for a touchdown and, you know, we moved the ball, but you know, Georgia Tech was, got the momentum in the second half. And um, I remember it came down to a field goal. I think it was like 48 yards. Yeah. The, the Friday before we left, we always ended up with a long field goal. And and Nick hit one for like 50-something yards, which was always you – know, we, we indicated that as a real good sign. So I knew George would ice him. But I never let a kicker stand out there by himself and think about it. So I brought Nick over, and I know I, I wanted to say something that would loosen him up. And I said, hey, hey, Nick, if you make this field, goal, I'll give you 100 bucks." <laughs> he looked at me and started laughing. And then, of course, Lee Corso, who had recruited me to Maryland, was on ESPN. And he said, there's no way this guy is going to make this field. Goal. I think he had missed six in a row yeah. before that one. And he nailed it. I said, just, just smooth it. Don't try to kill it. Just hit it like a good golf shot. And he hit it, knocked it through. And then I think he went on and hit like 18 in a row after that. And at one time was the leading scorer in the ACC, and played for like 15 years Yeah, in the, in the NFL, NFL, no doubt, right? Right? Nobody. So, um, oh. I'm a very dedicated kid. I, you know, I worked the heck out of him after on Monday's practices. I had a special drill that we did, and if they started on the five yard line on one hash, and they had to make the, the, the uh, snap and the holder. And the kicker had to be under two seconds, and if it wasn't a good kick or it was over two seconds, they had to do five, they had to do ten up downs. Oh the first time I did that, they must have did a hundred and fifty up downs right. and they were arguing with each other and you know and and i I try to explain to them this is you guys are a unit you're a team you've got to function at one it can't be a bad snap it's got to be a good hole, and you got to kick the ball <laughs> and then if they made it from the five, they went to the ten to the fifteen to the twenty to the twenty five at the 30 I gave them a bonus so if they made the 30 then they if they screwed up one they didn't have to do the 10 up downs but um we did that every monday night for the 10 years I was at Maryland, and uh, they really got to appreciate you know how how much it, it took as one team to get done and uh, and again we we had some good kickers when I was there no doubt and, you know I think we helped develop them,
1: too. Paid off. So, so understanding that the statute of limitations has to have run up at this point 20 years later, can, can did, was it an utter joke? Did, did, you, didn't, did you actually pay, pay off Nick Novak? No, 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 I, no, I didn't
4: do that. Right. I had to do something to get his attention. I get the it, The other man. interesting thing is um, John Condo.
5: Yeah. Uh, was, we, lost
4: our, we lost our snapper during uh, summer school. He flunked out of school. So I asked who had snapped on the team before, and John was like the second-team linebacker. And I brought him in. I told him I wanted him to work on snapping. He was going to be our snapper. And and he was really upset about it. He didn't want to be the snapper. Well,
1: yeah, fifteen. I
4: think he played 16 years right. in the NFL right. and made All-Pro about five times. Right. And he, he later told me it was the best decision I ever made. What a game-changer. So. What a
1: game-changer game for him, man. That is awesome. Ralph Regan with us on GCR. Um, Coach, you mentioned the Clemson game. Uh, it was on the heels of the loss to Florida State that made a lot of people – again, there were a lot of people that want to be like, all right, now now they're Maryland football again, right? Like this is what we thought was going to happen. That night in front of that crowd, I think everybody famously remembers you taking the mic afterwards. Um, at, for Someone that, that cared so deeply about that place and that program – Um, Can you describe what that night was like for you and having that feeling on the field after the game?
4: Well, I knew it was a big game. You know, the crowd was great that game. In fact, it was so great that um, my youngest daughter, Katie, got trampled with the people going onto the stands. And Carone Cox, you know, saw her and picked her up and probably saved her life. Oh, my God. I never knew that. Yeah,
2: Yeah,
4: it it was a little frightening. Because my wife was there, of course I would be a mob. But um, you know the the big the guy that came up big in that game. Uh, you know I think there were a lot of them. I you know uh, Sean Hill played great, and Bruce Perry played made a great play on a scramble play for a touchdown. But they continually tried to test Dominique Foxworth, and he he played their receivers and and really held up. And you know we were we were down. We played Dominique because we didn't have any more corners. He was it. And um, he just he just had a tremendous game and played with confidence, I'm not a true freshman, you know so you know I always remember how he showed up big in that game and and then you know the, the hard part for me was the next game
1: yeah down at NC State, right.
4: We had a win to win outright, and you know you have to understand this team just wanted to win six games, and now they were assured. <laughs> of at least a tie for the ACC championship. And I had to try to convince them that we didn't come here to tie. We came here to win. And, uh, of course, we, we weren't at our best down at NC State. And I kind of went. I kinda got a little upset at halftime. And we came back a little bit the second half. And then uh, Rich Parsons broke a play. Yep. And it looked like we were going in for the winning touchdown. And he fumbled a ball on about the one-yard line. And I remember how emotional Rich got coming off the sidelines and our players went up to him. I think there was a little like 2.30 left in the game. And uh, they told him we were going to win this game. And I was proud of our players for that. that they, you know, they, did, they didn't get on Rich. I mean, it was, he was a true freshman also and made a heck of a play. It, it, the ball just came out of his hands. So I told Gary Blackney, our coordinator, I was going to use all our timeouts. And I, I I called EJ over to the sideline. Said we got to hold them, we got to get this punt, and then we're going to take it down and score to win this game. And we held them for three three downs, and then they punted the ball, and we got it about I think we got it about the thirty five or close to the forty. And we were, you know we worked two minutes twice a week. And what was really interesting, we were down there, we were driving, and Charlie wanted to kill the clock and i said no and i said let, let's keep going and because uh, we had made a first down and i was supposed to waste the down if we made a first down and strangely enough sean call, you know i let the quarterbacks call their plays in two minutes when when we can't stop the clock and sean called the same play i would have called wow and it, we called it the pin route and julian gary acts like he's running the fade and gets about five yards deep in the end zone then just runs to the to the pylon, and Sean throws the ball to the pylon, and we caught it and won the game with about, I don't know, 20 seconds to go, something like that.
1: I remember it well. I remember it well, and all the oranges on the field afterwards. It was, um, it was special. I mean, it was incredibly special uh, what you were able to do. My
4: oldest daughter tells the story that when we fumbled the ball, the NC State fans were all over my family because they were sitting in the stands, And uh, Kelly, you know, she told the guy, hey, we're not done yet. And then when we came back and won, she was looking for the guys. She said, I told you so. And they were heading already down on the field. My my family is a little irate at games. I've gotten a numerous number of emails (laughs) saying how boisterous they are.
1: (laughs) uh I, it was much appreciated from maryland fans over the year i know that i know that they appreciated all the uh, the heart and the soul the passion from your family over the years ralph region with us you know ralph obviously we, we've talked so many times over the years good and bad and people misconstrued things you said but um i know it was difficult and the, the path for you to to be willing to come back and to be at games again and to be on campus it. It took a lot, and uh, certain people had to not be there any longer in order for that to be possible. What what's it been like for you now, these last couple years, having some connection again with Maryland? Is there still any awkwardness, or is that totally gone at this point?
4: Well, I've tried to help Mike. We we contact each other probably on a weekly basis, you know, and he'll ask me things, and I'll just you know, you know, you know, give him my my thoughts and anything I can do to help him. I will, um, you know, he, he did a great job for me as my running back coach that, that year. And one of the reasons why we had, you know, great, great running backs and and Bruce Perry and Mike Riley and those guys played great the whole year. And, um, so, you know, I want to see him be successful. I think they've got a lot of things going that we didn't have when we were there, uh, you know, um, the facilities are unbelievable right now and um they they should it should be very attractive and I believe you can win in Maryland you just got to get everybody pulling in the right direction I think one of the things that helped me that should help Mike also is I kind of knew what I was getting into when I went there and uh, I tried to get the job three different times and finally got it the last time and and, um I mean I mean, I've been to the Super Bowl and won a national championship and didn't even get an interview. Right. You know, that's, that's a little discouraging. Yeah. So, um, but you know what? Good Lord probably said it wasn't the right time before and it was the right time the last time. So, I knew I was going to be successful. I just believed in myself and I knew what, who I wanted to hire and I was able to do that thanks to Debbie Al. And, um, you know, the help she gave me, especially in my first three years, was incredible. And we were a pretty good team. I think we won 31 games in three years. So, I, I, not many people can say that in any at any program. So, how
2: how do you help him
1: so, coach with the with the part they're dealing with now, which is and you know all about this. We referenced it a couple times that there is a a fan base that is is waiting for a reason to be apathetic. Right? There's a fan base that. Maryland right now loses three straight games after four and zero start, and all you want ah eh, same old Maryland, and that's uh, the his coach is no different, and this is all Maryland football is ever going to be. What do you tell him when when you know he goes through something like this, and and you know what this is like from this fan base over the
4: years? Well, you know Mike knows how I feel about you know uh, things that that you have to do not to get beat, one of them is penalties. And right now, that's what's killing them. I mean, they get way too many penalties, and I know he's frustrated over that. You know, and then the, the turnovers, and and you know there's, they, they they keep mounting, and and you and that's that stops your development because you got to have success in order to gain confidence. You know, you don't have confidence first; you have to experience success, and then you start gaining confidence. And you know, there's enough talent there. They just They got to be able to believe in themselves and, you know, motivating kids to be successful. I think is, if I have a strong point, I think I I had that ability to do that. Mm -hmm. And you you, you just, you got to treat every kid differently. Every kid has a, has a different thing that makes him motivated. And I would try to know each and every kid, bring them into my office and try to, you know, work with them, you know, just, you know, one of our bigger wins, I think, when I was there, and we had a lot of them. We lost a tough game to Clemson on an interference call, that the official got the uh, got reprimanded and uh, and and wasn't allowed to coach the next game. And it was a disappointing loss down in Death Valley. And we won most of our games in Death Valley. And we had to play Florida State next. Yeah. And I got. I let everybody get off the plane. And tell them we're going to beat Florida State. And I, I, I did a couple of things during the week. I had every guy, I had everybody sign a petition. that bought in on this. We had wristbands. Uh, I believe, and we we beat Florida State that that uh, week, and came back and won you know a big game. And so, I think there's a lot of ways when I when I would look at a schedule, I would start preparing ahead of time, how I was going to motivate that team that week. And there was always something which that year was pretty easy because we had a lot of teams we owed that we wanted to get back at. So I would kind of, you know, make it a point each week to start stressing it on Sunday and then Monday and build it up all week. And then Friday at my, at my team meeting, I would really get into it pretty good. And, uh, and then, the, you know, that would get the fan base going also. You know, we, I worked pretty hard to try to put people in the stands of Maryland, and raise money and try to get, you know, we had the MGM back there, which yep. wasn't very expensive to join. Because I felt like, you know, Maryland had the largest population within a hundred mile radius of alumni of any school in the conference. And to get them to come to the games was is is was the hard part once we started winning we were filling the place weekly you know
1: i, I so. it, it it was a it was raucous it was an awesome place to be when you guys were winning i mean it was an incredible thing that you were able to accomplish. Did I, did I hear uh, Miss Glory in there for a second? By the way, she's no. always around. I figured that was the I figured that was the case. Tell her that uh, my buddy AJ Francis says hello. So um, oh, I love him. I, 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 One
6: of my sons.
1: I, I know that's true, Miss Gloria. I know how much everybody loved you, and and what a huge part of everything you were uh, during the time at Maryland. And I know how Thank much you. everybody likes seeing you back as much as they like seeing <laughs> Ralph back. I know how it Probably more. That. Yeah, maybe <laughs> might be the case. Let's be honest about it. That might be the case, uh, uh, coach. Yeah, go ahead. She's
4: uh, really looking forward to this, and uh, I think she's even getting some goodie bags ready because she's oh. doing that every mo- Monday night.
1: So. I I know how much everybody loved it. I know how much everybody loved it, coach. We can't wait to see you on Saturday and uh, reflect on twenty years from what truly was an absolutely magical season for Maryland football fans. Thank you, as always, for taking your time for us. I, well, I, I need to get back all the down. Fans,
4: to, I'm thinking of them, okay? I will.
1: And I need to get back down to Charleston to see you at some point. I promise I will. All right. Yeah, let's go fishing. I promise I will. Thank you, Coach. All right. Talk to you soon. Coach Ralph Regan checking in with us here on GCR. Um, always appreciate his uh, his time and, and uh, you know, one of my favorites. Everybody knows that, of course. Uh, famously got in trouble years ago and he came on with me and and joked about having burned his diploma, and everybody got all mad and lost their mind, and I was like, whoa, settle down. <laughs> like, come on, what are we doing? But it's been great to have Ralph Regan back around uh, Maryland football because uh, m- m- practically, I-, I think more than anyone, Malf- Ralph Regan is Maryland football, if we're just being as honest about it as we possibly can. There's no one that that is more associated with Maryland football that's more significant than Ralph Regan and... Um it's it's just sort of what it is. It's just sort of what it is. I'm I'm still um uh, not over the decision that was made once upon a time never will be and obviously it uh, ended up proving to be one of the great uh, the blunders in University of Maryland athletics history considering how the next few years went. All right. Uh today's show also brought to you by Window Nation. The fall is calling sale is on. Buy 2 windows, get 2 free. Buy 4 windows, get 4 free. There's no limit. It goes on forever. Buy 100 windows, get 100 free. You can keep going. I, I, whatever the number of windows is that you need, you can get them free. But the, the, the month is about to end, and you don't know what the next special is going to be. I'm sure it's going to be remarkable, but this might be your last chance to take advantage of it over the course of the next five days. So call Window Nation, 866-90Nation, or visit them, windonation.com. Keep in mind that you also pay nothing for two full years. So it's not just that you get... All of those free windows, it's that even the ones you're paying for, you don't have to pay a penny for 24 months. 866-90Nation or Windownation.com. When we come back in, uh, we will talk a little bit more about the World Series that's getting underway tonight, and a couple other things I wanted to dive in, some things that you guys have brought up that I wanted to comment on. We'll get to that in a bit. Sean Hill, we're going to also uh, celebrate the 20th anniversary with Sean Hill at the top of the hour. It's all on the way. Glenn Clark Radio.
2: <music> Glory Days Grill's popular Oktoberfest menu is back, and it features their delicious chicken schnitzel, two chicken cutlets, hand-breaded in
1: herb panko, and pan-fried until golden brown, served with mustard cream sauce, mashed potatoes, and roasted vegetables. Their menu also includes your favorites, like the Oktoberfest Brewer's Platter, Brewer's Sausage Sandwich, Prussian Pretzel rolls, Slam Dunk Pretzels, and Apple Cobbler. All of these meals pair well with their many Oktoberfest beers and Angry Orchard on draft. Dine on their patios or in their dining room. Or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and pick up your favorites to take home. Glory Days Grill has been proud to serve the community for the last 25 years. Thank you, fans.
3: I've driven my tractor-trailer millions of miles and I've seen it all. The next time you change lanes when driving, remember, because of the sheer weight and size of my truck, I'm not able to stop quickly if you cut me off and break suddenly. One wrong decision could change our lives forever. Trucks need room to stop. Don't cut it close.
0: Brought to you by the Maryland
7: Department of Transportation State Highway Administration
3: the biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common you've heard them on jobbing out
1: matt and nick jackson the young bucks thanks for having us man appreciate it
3: the great kurt angle
1: thanks for having me on the show i appreciate it
2: and matt riddle yeah man thanks man. the champ drew
1: mcintyre oh thank you for having me the great ron simmons
2: Dang.
7: Poses. i love you more than spraying hoses i love you more than bird calls but not as much as football.
6: celebrate your love of football with raven scratch-offs from the maryland lottery win up to a hundred thousand dollars instantly or second chance cash and raven's prizes i love
7: you more than snowballs but not as much as football
6: oh. play raven scratch-offs at any maryland lottery retailer please play responsibly
3: Once again this season, Pressbox's Project Game Day is the destination at halftime and postgame for every Baltimore football game. You want to talk about the game without all the nonsense, coach speak, and fluff of your typical show? Tune into Project Game Day. Glenn Clark is with you at halftime, and he's once again joined postgame by your favorite analysts, like the NFL Chick, Sarita Hubbard, Ken Zalas, and more. Watch the show at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports and listen at PressBoxOnline.com radio. Pressbox's Project Game Day, every Game Day presented by Glory Day's Grill and Window Nation.
5: We can't imagine why you'd want to, but you can watch GCR live. It's at facebookcom Sports and try to guess whether these guys are wearing any pants.
1: Back in here on GCR, it is a Tuesday edition of the program. Thanks again to Ralph Regan for taking a couple of minutes for us. Hey, I got big news earlier today. I can't wait to share this with you guys. This is incredible. So, you know, we've been playing underdog fantasy football and we love underdog and we've been trying to hook you guys up with free money. Uh, That free money is going up. So, if you have not yet signed up for underdog fantasy football, if you've been on the fence, I got an unbelievable offer. You can still get $10 free, but you could actually get $20 free. You could get $30 free. You could get $50 free. You know what? You could get $75 free if you'd like. In fact... I give you a hundred free dollars, if you'd like to play underdog fantasy football. Here's how it works: You can go to underdogfantasy.com, or you're gonna download the underdog app. You're gonna use the code pressbox, and when you sign up, and whatever you deposit, up to one hundred dollars, we're gonna match. So if you deposit ten bucks, you're gonna get ten dollars free. If you deposit $50, you're going to get $50 free. If you deposit $100, bucks, you're going to get $100 free. If you deposit $1 million, you're going to get $100 free. The limit is $100. I can't go beyond that. I'm sorry they start taking it out of my check after a little while, and so that's my limit, $100. $100. That's what we're willing to offer to you. You deposit any amount up to 100 bucks. We're matching it. Any amount beyond $100, we're giving you $100 free for you to play with. It's that simple. Go to underdogfantasy.com, download the Underdog app, use that code PRESSBOX, and play not only those daily and weekly fantasy games that, that you know so well from other sites, but also do some things that feel more like betting, which is something we were supposed to have in place here in Maryland and still don't player props, parlays, things like that. You can do it at Underdog Fantasy and you can do it using my money. Pressbox's money, I guess technically, but that could be my money, so instead I'm giving it to you, I could not be more generous. Natalie Merchant wrote a song about me one time. It was called Kind and Generous. She was uh, on her way out of 10,000 Maniacs. It was a whole thing, but you know, it's it's a great song and I always appreciated her writing it about me.
0: I always assume believe me, Adia was about you that's uh that was sarah mclaughlin
1: that wasn't natalie merchant. natalie merchant that wasn't natalie Merchant. oh man that I, don't know. I, don't I don't know you're really if struggling I... with your 90s music oh you should definitely be more upset about the temple of dog thing i promise I well, you I, that's far more significant i don't
0: know me. if i should be upset that i didn't know that or upset that you did
1: why would why would i not know that i'm on top of my natalie merchant history i promise you nobody i, I don't know that much about natalie merchant
0: what song am i thinking of then That's just like adia it, no, it, believe me, Adia.
1: We are uh, we are so. It's Sarah McLaughlin. Yeah, but
0: th- I feel like Natalie Merchant had a very similar song.
1: Uh I'm I'm. You're gonna stretch my knowledge of Natalie Merchant, bro, in order to be able to go there. But your def- Adia is definitely a Sarah McLachlan. You're song. right. I you're promise right. you. Now, that. When
0: you said it, I was like, oh my God, he's right. There, that's another one. I don't think it's as bad as Temple of the Dog. But I promise you that. <coughs> I think I have a solution though to uh-huh. this uh, Cockeysville Timonium. Yes. Oh, do you? Um, Matt Myers says his his cutoff for Cockeysville is that's, Road. That's Pedonia Road. But that's
1: that's Padonia Road. Right, that's what we're saying. It's on Mothers is on Padonia Road. Right. So, so he said that's his
0: cutoff for for Cockeysville. So does that? But is
1: but is it that it has to be on the other side of Padonia Road? Because technically, Mothers is on like if you're driving, if you get off on the Padonia Road exit, it's on the right. So it's on hmm. instead of on. It's on Padonia Road, but it's on the right side of Pedonia Road. So would that mean that he says that's not Cockeysville? Because to him, everything Padonia and north is Cockeysville. I think that's probably what he's saying, yeah, so he's probably. probably saying it's Timonium.
0: Though. Yeah, I think he's, that's exactly what he's saying, I think. All right,
1: whatever. This We're thinking way too much about this. Moral of the story is underdog fantasy football. Get your free cash. Uh, World Series gets underway tonight. Uh, emotions m- removed from it. What do you think is going to happen?
0: Uh, the Astros are going to win this thing. Okay, <clears throat> why? Because I don't want them to.
1: Okay. <laughs> All right, I mean, I just tried saying emotion removed is no, what no, I just no, said. No, no, no. Emotion Honestly,
0: removed. Honestly, emotion removed I think that the Braves have the better, the better starting rotation. I think they have the better mm-hmm. pitching staff. Um, and ultimately, I think that the best starting pitching— And, and
1: McCullers is not coming back. He, he's not playing in the World Series. They, they said that yesterday. Yep.
0: Um, ultimately, I think that starting pitching is what wins you the World Series. Most of the teams that win the World Series have the best starting pitching. But the Astros have that pedigree. The Braves have been there, have been in the playoffs, but the Astros know what it takes to get there and win and i think that that's what's going to put the astros over the top i think the astros are going to win this in 6
1: um i probably you know like i probably agree with you i think the astros are more loaded right but i said the same thing about the dodgers mm-hmm. like the dodgers were definitely more loaded than the braves and yet the braves figured out a way to win that series um you know can rosario continue to s- to swing the bat the way that he's been doing it you know it might not matter if Jordan Alvarez clearly swings the bat the way that he did in the last couple games of the ALCS, mm-hmm. but if Rosario continues to be as hot as he's been, that can overcome some of it. Uh, look, uh, do I think the Astros are the better of the two teams? Yeah, I, I do. I think they're the better of the two teams, but I kind of can't ignore the, the Braves, the late drama, the coming up with the big hits when they've needed them. There is something about a team... That is playing well at the right time. That there was this dumb piece that I I gotta be honest with you I have not visited the new Deadspin once since it returned from the dead. It's there's there, why would I like it's it's over. It's it has nothing to do with the old website that people actually liked. It's just this random thing that it'd be like if they decided, hey, we're going to bring back Outcast tomorrow, and then it was just two guys you've never heard of. It wasn't Andre 3000 and Big Boy. They were just two dudes, but it turns out a record label owned the rights to them, Outkast, and so they are like, well, they're Outcast now. That's what the new Deadspin is. It's not Deadspin. It's a website called Deadspin with a bunch of people that have nothing to do with Deadspin.
0: Like fake Diesel and fake Razor remote. Kind
1: of like that. It's, a li- it's just sort of like, hey, believe this. Th- this is the guy now. Like, wait, no, that's not the guy. It's a different guy. No, I swear. This is the one. This is the guy you like, right? You know, Kane was fake Diesel. Yes, I'm very aware that Kane was fake Diesel. It's like uh, they're being a new Aunt Viv, right? On, uh, mm-hmm. on. I know that, uh, that Ted Lasso brought that up during season one. Like, oh, it's Aunt Viv, I swear. It's just it's just Aunt Viv, believe us, right? Or like when they made all those Home Alone movies after Home Alone 2, mm-hmm. and some of them they still try to convince you that was Kevin McAllister that you were watching. It's not Kevin McAllister. What are you talking about? Um, the point being that this is not Deadspin. But there was this piece from Jesse Spector, who is an actual baseball writer who wrote for the Sporting News for a while, who wrote this for Deadspin, lamenting the fact that the Braves are able to get to the World Series because they weren't even one of the better teams in baseball this season. Like that's not the way that it's supposed to work. That it's it's and it's not like accepting, hey, we get there's a tournament but the idea being the Braves didn't weren't even worthy of being in the tournament to begin with and because they weren't even worthy of being in the tournament they're definitely not worthy of being in the World Series and i while i understand his point like beyond just being a douchebag for the sake of trying to get attention <laughs> right. and like i i it very well could be that i'm just going to write something that's going to piss people off and try to get them to yell about it and that'll get me attention because that's the way the world works any longer but a, the point beyond that was he said this is why we should eliminate divisions this is why Um, we should have a more true regular season to determine who the actual best teams are in order to make sure the teams that get to the postseason that can win the tournament are the actual best teams and some that's that's a cousin of a relevant point that's a cousin of something that we've talked about before in baseball which is that you can have a scenario in which you have two teams like the Dodgers and the Giants that are clearly unbelievable, and then they have to square off against each other in the first round of the playoffs, and one of them is gone, and a team like the Braves, that clearly wasn't nearly as good through the totality of the season, is able to get in, take advantage of a first-round matchup, and all now you have to do is beat one of the other really good teams in baseball. There's That's a cousin of a point that he has to make, which is, it's all over the place, but there's a it, his point go screw, you know what i mean? like mm-hmm. like sometimes the best teams don't make the world series. sorry, it happens. that's the that's the way that baseball works. don't care about that. but that the system should still be set up i've talked about this constantly in the nfl that if you win your division as a 7 win team, which it's going to be more difficult now with 17 games, as an 8 win team now, you should never be allowed to host a playoff game. that's absurd. i can agree with that. It's nuts. And it was nuts that it was set up that the two best teams in all of baseball had to square off with each other against each other in the first round of the playoffs in a five game series. Mm -hmm. That was stupid. Now, the Giants could have won that. I don't feel any, I'm not, I'm not feel sorrowful for the Giants. They lost. But it's still bad for the game. It's, that's not the way it's supposed to work. You're not supposed to have the two best teams in all of the sport play each other in the first round of the playoffs. That's that's not good for anybody. Like that doesn't benefit anyone for that to be the case. You want the best teams to keep playing. That's there's something to be said for that. There 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 is, not just a guy being a douchebag and trying to get attention on the internet. There is something to be said for that. So all of that being said, the Braves arguably have been the best team in baseball since August, August since, 5th. Yeah, I mean like they we can say they're not, you know, like, h- as loaded as the Astros are, nobody's played better baseball than the Atlanta Braves have since that point. No one. And to me, that that shapes up to be a pretty compelling series. Like, I really would be surprised if this was, a, you know, the quick series. that was over by Saturday night and even by Sunday night. You know what I mean? Like, I, <coughs> the way these two teams are playing... It doesn't feel like remember the year the Padres got into the World Series and played the Yankees,
0: mm-hmm. and you knew it was over before and it started. you just
1: look back
2: on it and you're like yeah, they got there, but like they didn't they didn't do anything to get there.
1: Well,
0: the Yankees won one hundred and fourteen games that year, I mean, it was and over it was part of that
2: too, right It
1: was also a lot about that Padres team that just didn't inspire confidence. You can say the Braves were an undeserving team of being in the postseason i i I'd listen to you,
2: but what they've done since then you can't ignore. They've been unbelievable. Mm -hmm.
1: I'd be stunned if
0: this was them. They just beat the Dodgers. The Dodgers. I mean, they have like, their lineup's loaded. Yeah. They they have like 430 homer guys in that lineup, and that's not even including Freddie Freeman. And is it a better story, Freddie Freeman, or a better story, Dusty Baker? Dusty
1: Baker's the best individual story, but uh, Freddie Freeman's a good, if Freddie Freeman was a Hall of Fame caliber player, right, like, it, and somebody would argue that he is, mm-hmm. right? And so I'd have to really th- sit down and think about it. Ma- maybe Freddie Freeman really is a Hall of Famer, right? But, like, he's not been the predominant player. Like, he hasn't... This isn't um, Jeff Bagwell at the point mm-hmm. that the Astros got to the World Series, right? Or, um, and Frank Thomas didn't play for the White Sox by the time they made the World he's Series. He's their Trey Mancini. It's more like that, right? It's closer to that. Or Nick Markakis. you know, if he had stuck around with the Orioles for a few more years... He, and and that's unfair because he's a little bit better than those guys are.
2: I, I'm trying to find. I, I, God,
1: what is the comparison? He's not quite Joey Votto, right? Like as far as he's
0: he's Hall of very good,
6: but on
2: the edge of the Hall of like like those guys that, that we brought up. There's no argument for the Hall of Fame, right? Like there's none at all.
1: There is an argument for Freddie Freeman as a Hall of Famer. There is. It's he's he's on the cusp. Like I, I I'm just. I don't know how different Freddie Freeman's career really is than say Larry Larry Walker was a hell of a hitter. I got to think about that.
0: Larry Larry Walker was better. Yeah, he He's was a- uh- <sighs> Freddie Freeman's just that guy. He, he I think Nick Markakis is a good comparison. The guy the guy hits he, with a little bit more power. Yeah, and that's but, a, but the guy just shows up every day. He right. plays the game the right way. He he gets the hits in the big situations and he's the guy that your team rallies around. That's that's who Freddie So he's is. not
1: quite Joey Votto. Right. Joey Votto is a definite Hall of Famer, right? Like, yeah. Joey uh, Votto is a definite Hall of Famer. You no,
0: know, Joey Votto had never popped out to first base oh, his entire unreal, career. Right? So, isn't, since, isn't last it's year. unreal, right? It's unreal. It's ridiculous.
1: Um Freddie Freeman's not quite that if he was no. a slam dunk Hall of Famer I think you can make a better argument here but because he's not it's definitely that the in, the best individual story is Dusty Baker the problem that most people have is he's the manager of the Houston Astros and they don't like them that's just sort of the reality of what you're dealing with gets underway tonight uh, game one uh, in Houston between the Braves and the Astros in the World Series and to the Jesse Spector's point it is goofy that the Dodgers would have had home field advantage in the World Series, but couldn't have home field advantage in the NLCS. That's we have to acknowledge that is goofy. I get it. Like the guy's still the column was still. Like, I I still think the guy's an a hole, but his point is not wrong. It's goofy that baseball would say, "Can't you got to go on the road to Atlanta for this series?" But if you make it to the World Series. Then it matters that you had the better record, and we'll give you home field advantage for that
0: one. Well, then that's goofy. Y- you can make an argument for reseeding then. Not you, not getting rid of divisions, but once you get there, the records reseed. I I think that would be the best argument you can
1: make. I think that's a really good one. All right, we're in hour number two of the program. A reminder that Mobile One Full Synthetic Motor Oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Loop Service Center. Ask for Mobile One. We chatted with Ralph Regan a little while ago. let us um, It's been years since we've caught up with our next guest, since he was uh, playing during his decade-and-a-half-long career in the NFL. He, of course, was the quarterback for the 2001 Maryland Terrapins when they made that incredible run to winning the ACC and reaching the Orange Bowl. They're celebrating the 20th anniversary this Saturday in College Park. It is a pleasure to welcome back Sean Hill, who's with us once again here on GCR. Sean, it's Glenn and Paul in Baltimore. It's so great to chat with you, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Sean, can you take me back to um, this is going to be your first year as a starter, and there's a new head coach, and he's not, you know, a, a sexy name necessarily in college football, and there are no expectations. What did you think the 2001 season was going to be like for the University of Maryland football team?
8: Well, um, I don't think any of us necessarily knew what to expect. Um, but here's what happened. Uh, as soon as he was hired, there was a, there was a locker room full of, of seniors that were absolutely sick of of losing, uh, and that were willing to do anything and everything, uh, that, that coach Freedgen asked and, uh, uh, bought in wholeheartedly. Um, and so did the rest of the team. And, uh, um, just absolutely, uh, from day one, just bought in and got to work. And, uh, um, that's what, that's what started it all really, um, was, was that mentality. And we didn't know what to expect. We didn't know if we were going to be any good or if we weren't. Um, but all we did is we looked, we looked at, uh, every day that was in front of us and we tried to improve that day and we didn't look any further than that.
1: And, uh, um, that was, that was kind of the secret sauce for us i mean it worked it worked out quite well was was there a point during the season was there one i I, i'm telling you sean i was a freshman at that point in my life and it the georgia tech game was the one where i'm like wait a second this this is real like this is a real thing that's happening was there a point for you guys where you were like no we could really legitimately win the acc this year yeah no, I think you got
8: it exactly right. It was the Georgia Tech game, yeah um the opener uh the opener we had against North Carolina. they had a ridiculous defense, i mean stars up and down that defense, and Ronald Curry was their quarterback, which is a big name and and all those things um and that game was just kind of workman like and we beat them um and but i I don't think that one really necessarily turned any heads um but the yeah the georgia tech game uh they were they were highly touted um a lot of you know a lot of guys on that that team that people had heard of ralph came from there Yep. um you know it was and, and it
1: was on national television it was a thursday so, night before for those that don't this was yeah. before there were nfl games on thursday night so this was like the thing to watch if you were a sports fan on a thursday night it's... yeah yeah you're
8: exactly right and uh you know, ended up pulling that one out in overtime, and I mean that's a that's a tough place to play too, or at least back then it was. Uh, yeah. it's a small stadium, but it's right on top of you, and it is loud. Um, but uh, yeah, yes, yeah, so that was a that was a big one. For
1: and, us. and required some late drama from a kicker that you didn't know had it in him. You know, <laughs> <laughs> right. Quiet. Yeah, right. yeah,
8: yeah. I mean, you talk about just. Setting the trajectory for a guy, and then he he goes on and has a a, a wonderful NFL career too. But, no question. But but was truly a little bit kind of up and down uh, to that point. As soon as he hit that kick, it was all. I mean, the dude was was unbelievable. Yeah, he was he nails. Was he was nails. Yeah.
1: No question about it. Sean Hill is yeah. with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Um, Sean, for for you, what 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 was it that it required? Right, like what what was it that allowed. For it to happen, because again, it, there is something different from being a team. You know, Ralph talked when we were talking a minute ago. He talked about like he got the sense internally that man, if we just win six games this year, that's that's a big deal because the the years before that, they had come up short of hitting that six game mark. What what did it require to buy in from? You know, we could be good. We could get over the hump, get to a bowl game. To we can go beat Clemson and win on the road at NC State and and legitimately win this league. What did it require to make that jump from we can be good to we can be great in such a quick span of time?
8: Well, well, to take you back, uh, I had a I had a Ralph set me down at the end of spring ball uh, in his office, and he said, "Hey, uh, we're not going to be any good this year, and uh, <laughs> so if you're not going to absolutely beat out these these freshmen, we had Latrez Harrison and, and Chris Kelly. If you're not going to beat these guys out-handedly," I'm gonna play one of the young guys. <laughs> well, I'm not kidding you. That's a meeting we had. I was like, I was like, well, coach, well, I'll I'll beat him out handily, and and, <laughs> but uh, no, what it, what it took is is uh, was just everybody buying in and and absolutely taking it one day at a time. Uh, we didn't. We we just you know with the the uh uh the history that that the the guys there had uh, and things like that we didn't have the luxury of looking out too far and thinking oh man we're going to be there in the end that wasn't uh, and and really that's a curse to uh, to to have that to be honest with you it's uh um it is much better to take it all day by day game by game and that's
1: that's exactly what we did Man, that's so funny. That is so funny. That's what he said to you, by the way. Like, <laughs> how different lives would have been. How different things could have right. been. Right. Well, and me. he has his way of, of motivating. Yeah. You know? so yep. I, I
8: don't know. I don't know that he necessarily thought we're not going to be any good. But right. Was his way he was just trying of,
1: to of get trying you to to step up. Right. He was trying to get right, you to step yeah, up and yeah. look at where it led. Um, yeah. uh, he he talked a lot about you know all the emotion of the Clemson. Can, can you take me back to that Clemson game and that atmosphere? at a place that hadn't had a game like that in a really long time, and everybody down on the field afterwards. And, and you had such a unique path yourself, like going to a, a junior college and getting that call up. Like what that moment – I know it was the next week that you guys actually clinched you know, the, the trip to the Orange Bowl, but what that moment meant to everyone to be able to experience something like that for Maryland football.
8: Yeah, no, that was exciting. It was exciting all week to see them bringing in the temporary bleachers, and uh, you know, we, still to that point, we hadn't even had a, a full stadium, you know, at home, and uh, so that was that was exciting for everybody. Um, I can remember the pregame, our pregame uh, warm up. You know, the whole team goes out and and you do some stuff, and I remember just like, man, we were flat, uh, and uh, I went to Julian Gary and I said, Julian, man, I don't know what's going on with our team, but uh, but as long as i got you like you like we got to go you and i got to go <laughs> i need to know <laughs> you're in and uh and and julian looked at him but something happened from that time to the time we came out of the locker room uh, cuz we we actually weren't flat and sometimes you just get a feel for that during uh, during pregame you're like gosh what is going on with us and uh and i'm i mean i've been on nfl teams where that happens and they can't snap out of it you you see it uh i mean you can go just look at a game. You're like, man, I don't know. Those guys didn't show. I promise you that the guys on that team could feel it in the pregame warm up. Um, but uh, uh, but that that team had a, had had the ability to snap out of it right then and and come and, and play. And uh, of course, having a, uh, a packed house was fun, and everybody had a great time with that. And yeah, the celebration was on. But what's uh, what's interesting for a team that that had uh, really no experience winning able to okay so now we've got we've got a, a guaranteed share of the ACC uh and we're going to play against a good NC state team with Philip Rivers as their quarterback and they've got some some stars on their team too uh you would think that a, a team without that experience would would maybe go out and and uh um and and maybe the you know kind of rest on their laurels yeah. a little bit but but that is not what happened at all you know that we we came right back to work on Monday uh, just like we always did and
1: and uh, and got after it. And, and, and boy, you faced some adversity even in that game, right? Like even down at NC State when, when Rich was going in, lost the ball, and you had to get a the defense, get a stop, and get one more shot at it to go down there and then punch your ticket to Miami, which is exactly what you guys did. And uh, uh, we will never forget it. We will never forget it around these parts, Sean Hill. Sean Hill is with us here on GCR. Sean, you know, your name comes up a lot um because you you still remain the last Maryland quarterback to have reached the NFL 20 years later, which is tough. Um and and it's I'm sure not a way that you want your name to come up around these parts. Um how much have you been able to watch uh Talia? I know it's been a frustrating couple of weeks and at times it seems like he's trying to do everything to to lift this team. Have you been able to watch him much and and and, and what have you taken away from him? Um, a guy that a lot of people think could be the next one to reach the NFL?
8: I've got to be honest. I haven't, I haven't had a chance to watch anything. I'm coaching three football teams. Oh, all, all right. <laughs> I've got a kindergarten first grade flag team. I got a second third grade flag team, and then I'm helping with a fifth and sixth grade tackle
1: team. Are, are these so, all related to your own kids?
8: Uh, my my kids are on the two flag teams, and then uh, a couple of friends of mine, uh, their kids are on the the fifth and sixth grade team, and asked me to help. And I thought, you know what, that'd be great. And that way, when my kids get there, I'll kind of know what to expect. I was going to
2: so,
1: wait. This has got to be difficult, though, right? Like is it being 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 when you're when you're a football player and a highly accomplished football player having friends ask you to come help coach you like oh i don't know i don't know if i'm qualified man like no they know like they know <laughs>
8: <laughs> yeah well so are they they're they're uh both of them uh one of them played played 11 years in the nfl and the other one uh uh, made it to the NFL and then got hurt, uh, so they're 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 both right. pretty accomplished too. So so, yeah.
1: so this is sort of like a an all star team that you put together a football. Oh man, mines. I don't know, I don't know. We can prove you wrong. <laughs> 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 is is coaching something that you could see doing beyond just with your kids? Is it something that? you started thinking about it all or is this just like, let me have some fun working with the kids?
8: Yeah, I, I have thought about it and I've had some opportunities. Um, but man, I just, I, I'm i enjoying that part of it. I'm enjoying coaching my kids. Um, I could see maybe going, going to the high school level and okay, um, and doing something there. But uh, right now I just, yeah, it's just fun to, fun to coach the kids and um, just to have the ability to do that. It's, yeah, that's that's been a blast for me. I don't uh, nothing nothing has uh, really sparked me to go to go to the higher levels yet. Um, and I'm not saying that that won't happen. I just nothing in me so far has done that. Are, are you um, still down um, in
1: in the Missouri? I remember like I know you played a bunch of different places. The Missouri area is that where you ended up? Yeah, yeah, I live at Lake of the Ozarks in Missouri. I don't know if you saw the show. Yeah, so. I'm very familiar with the show for sure. <laughs> you don't run a laundromat, do you? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. What by the way, what is what is that done for the area for what it's worth? Like we we of course ask because uh, whenever you bring up um the, you know, Baltimore obviously, the immediate response you get back is like, "Oh, like the Wire." And you're like, right. "Well, like no, but but also yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Same for Ozark. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> uh,
8: yeah my wife and I were coming, and, and the kids were coming back from the river the other night, and we're and, uh, <laughs> just kind of looking around. And you're like, you know, we always talk about how the Ozarks way off, but you know what? <laughs> it's not not as right. <laughs> not as far off as yeah. you thought. No, I, I think all in all, it's been been pretty pretty good for the area it okay. kind of put it on the map for for a lot of people around the country and it's it's uh i mean it's a tourist destination in the midwest sure people in the midwest have always known but but yeah you and and kind of just with covid we've been one of the places that's been open <laughs> the whole time uh so it's uh i guess with the show coming out and then people knowing that that we're open uh it has it has kind of uh, uh definitely helped the tourism around here
1: when you were around mike loxley at a younger point in his career did did you know then and i know he didn't work with your group specifically but did you see him and you say this this guy there's something special about him like he's 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 going to be a head coach at some point
8: yeah yeah you knew it yeah everybody everybody could tell uh he could command a room uh he could recruit um he was he was intelligent um, even keeled, uh, you know, all those things. Um, uh, you could tell in James Franklin too. James, James Franklin. Was sure. On that staff. Sure. Um, and the year before Mike Gundy was there, um, you know, so, yeah, you could, you could tell with, with all those guys. Uh, yeah, for sure. And, and, and then, you know, uh, Charlie Taff was the same way. I was kind of surprised that nothing, nothing ever transpired for him. Uh, but he was, he was the same way. Uh, we, we had an unbelievable staff.
1: I mean, it wasn't right. It was an all star staff. Yeah, no question. Right. And even yeah. guys, I think some of the guys that were, were uh, Julian Gary went on to become a coach at some point in his life, right? Like some of those guys that were on that roster ended up becoming coaches, too. Um, you, you, you think when, when you watch guys, and that, like, the, you know, you, of course, made it a year, a decade and a half in the NFL. When you see guys like Lamar Jackson now playing the quarterback position, that are, and and there's a lot of those types of guys, the Kyler Murray's of the world. You ever think to yourself, maybe you got out at the exact right time before the position was about to utterly change forever?
8: <laughs> yeah, well, I got out at the right time because you know, I just, I, I was I was never talented enough to just roll my hat out there. Not not for a single practice, and certainly not for a game. Like I, I had to give it everything I had every single day. Uh, and, and 15 years of it, it, it absolutely ran its course. So I got out of the, at the right time for that. Um, and really towards the end, I was, I was brought in more as a mentor right. and, to, and to, t- to teach the the young guys how to, uh, how to prepare and and things like that, what to, what to watch for in film. And I, I would do all the film study with them. And, um, uh, so really it was just a, a coach in the room, you know? Um, but, but yeah, the position's changing quite a bit. Um, which you know i think i think that happens uh it's it's not the first time uh there were there's been there's been running guys before um that, that had uh had really long careers and then there's there's been uh pocket passers that had had uh good careers at the same yep. time so there's definitely room in the nfl for both um so yeah it, it it's it's changing a little bit but uh but i think you'll
1: you'll still con- uh, continue to see both styles uh, be prevalent. I'm glad you brought that up, that mentor thing. You know, A lot of people in Baltimore still, anytime the name Joe Flacco pops up, people are like, ah, and Joe Flacco got traded back to the Jets yesterday. And there are people are like, why, why would a team still want a guy like Joe Flacco? And I think your, your point is significant, which is imagine what someone can learn from being around somebody like Joe Flacco, right? Like, the, the value of that has got to be significant.
8: Yeah, and a lot of fans they see a guy that that they know had talent or had some success and then he's out of the league uh and the reason why is because he's not willing to step into that role. Yeah. Um and that makes that makes for a very tough quarterback room and a tough city. If, if your quarterback room's not right, then it's it's tough for your team to be right. i a great point. I, that's where it all starts and and then you see you'll see a guy like myself you're like why is that guy still playing <laughs> <laughs> but but no truly it's it i mean it is that uh, if if these if some of these guys would be able to swallow their pride a little bit and understand all right i can i can get a lot more years out of this league if i if i do this the right way and and, and what happens you when you're the number 2 the only reps you get all week are on the show team it's different than college the only reps you get are on the show team, so you got to swallow your pride and you got to do what the <laughs> you got to help the defense get ready. Um, and then after after practice, then you got to help the the starter get ready. Um, and that's that's what it takes to to stick around as a backup. And if you can do that, then then there's a lot of value.
1: I was gonna say they they give sure. you a nice paycheck for it. I hear. I hear yeah, they give yeah, you a decent paycheck for, sure. for that. Uh, yeah. Sean, can I assume the uh, Saturday schedule means like Are you gonna be in? Are you gonna come? Are you coming back for the the event on Saturday? Or are you are you down there with your your kids?
8: I'm coming back. Excellent. I'm coming back. Excellent. Uh, it's been uh, quite the process to see what was gonna happen with us, but my kindergarten first grade team they made the playoffs um and they're actually uh got a really good chance of making it to the Super Bowl and so it's been it's been quite the process and talking with my kindergartner about about all that but uh we've we've decided the whole fam's coming
1: that's awesome oh that's going to be so cool to have you back in town uh this Saturday for homecoming as Maryland honors the 20th anniversary those 2001 ACC champions. Sean, uh, it was an awful lot for, for a, a freshman kid who had no idea that Maryland football was allowed to be good. Um, you gave us an awful lot of thrills, man. Um, it was an incredibly special season. We're looking forward to seeing you back up here this way on Saturday. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us. Best to you and to your family, all right? It's
8: well, I appreciate it. That was, that was fun. Thanks for having me on. And, yeah, we're looking forward to coming back, too. Thank you, Sean.
1: Sean Hill, former University of Maryland quarterback, who obviously had an incredible career in the NFL as well, and uh, will be part of this 20th anniversary celebration on Saturday. Were you a, a, like a Maryland fan at all, Paul? Were you a, a Maryland guy growing up?
0: I I was. I I. I <clears throat> I was a big fan when they when Friedman was there. I was, yep. I was upset when Friedan le- left because he did the most for that program than anybody's done. Anything and, you possibly ask. Yes. Yeah, and we've seen what's happened since. Yes. I remember where I was when Jeremy Navarre blocked that kick against. Oh, wow. Florida State wow. University. Wow, that goes back. I was okay. working. I was working with John Yurich, John Proctor. Yeah, yeah we don't at, we don't use that name. I we, was working with John we Proctor. We use his biblical name, John Proctor. At a, at um crackpot. Which is where 510 Johnnies yeah, is I now in Bel Air. I don't remember that being a thing at all. That's yeah. so funny to me. And I was in the bar and watching. I'm like, they were winning this whole game. Yeah. And they're going to find a way to lose yeah. again. And then you just see Navarre's hand come up above the crowd wow. and knock the ball wow. down. And I was like, that's cool. Of course, I, fr- I freaked was, out. In and the he bar. was also a Hartford County kid, Jeremy Navarre. I interviewed him for a Hartford, um, the Hartford Community College newspaper. Okay. Very cool. Uh, back in like 2008 or 2009. Very cool. Interviewed him. Yeah. That good
1: cool. dude. I like Jeremy Navarre a lot. He's a really good dude. Um, that was a special year, man. It was just an unbelievably that was as we keep talking about, no possible way to see that coming. We'll do one more tomorrow. EJ Henderson will join us tomorrow, so we'll cover head coach offense and defense um, as EJ will join us on tomorrow's show. Speaking of Harford County kids, obviously a uh, Aberdeen guy himself, interviewed who him too. Also went on to an incredible an incredible career. Clearly not just as a, a Terp, but in, into the NFL. So, looking forward to that. All right. Well into hour number two of today's show. A little behind on breaks. I'm sorry. We'll try to catch up now. The show also brought to you by the Baltimore Ravens. Every seat is the best seat at M&T Bank Stadium. Of course, you know that. Who am I telling? Don't miss a moment of Ravens football this season. Single game tickets now available at BaltimoreRavens.com slash tickets i got to finish this I want to get to uh, from Power Rankings, which are up now at PressBoxOnline.com. Still to come this hour, Brooks Lee is going to join us, who might very well be the Orioles' number one overall pick.
2: Got a lot to do. It's Glenn Clark Radio. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is coming soon to Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Maryland, this is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call
3: 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. Need to hone your computer skills to boost your career? Or maybe you want an IT certification. CCBC Continuing Education has the courses and programs you need for a career in the computer field. And it's all tuition free. From the basics to specialized training, we have the classes you need from hardware to programming to cybersecurity and so much more. It's your choice. It's your career. Call 443 443- 840-4700 or visit ccbcmd.edu slash computer training.
1: Hi, it's Glenn Clark here for Window Nation. You know, a lot of things change with the season this time of year. The leaves change, temperatures change, your clothing changes, but the one thing that stays rock solid is the quality windows, installation, and customer service from Window Nation. Plus, their amazing offer, buy two windows, get two free, plus pay nothing for two full years. They never cut corners when it comes to quality and transparency from start to finish, call 866-90 Nation today or online at windownation.com. It's the perfect time for Window Nation, the perfect fit. That first sip. <gasps> that
7: first bite. Ooh I love you more than bird calls,
3: but not as much as
6: football. Celebrate your love of football with Raven Scratch-Offs from the Maryland Lottery. Win up to $100,000 instantly or second chance cash in Raven's prizes. I love you more than snowballs, but not as much as football. Play Raven Scratch-Offs at any Maryland Lottery retailer. Please play responsibly. The offseason is upon us, but baseball never sleeps. Hi, I'm Zach
1: Goodman, and you can find me on the Batter on with host Paul Valley every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon. We've got the best local coverage on every trade and signing, plus every update on the new CBA negotiations. You can watch us live at facebook.com Pressbox Sports or listen at Pressboxonline.com slash radio. That's the batter out every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon for the best in offseason baseball coverage. Stay tuned,
5: your chance to win a million dollars is coming up. Probably not from us. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. All right. Back in here on GCR, a
1: few things that you guys have brought up throughout the course of the morning that I haven't been able to get to from, uh, yeah, John Little Rock. It's baffling the NFL doesn't change up the TV coverage and give us all the games since it will make them even more money. We all know they really love money. It's one of the most insane things. that I I don't know how to explain it. As of this moment, if you live in Baltimore on Sunday and you want to watch the NFL at 425, your option is Washington-Denver, which what it sounds like is I'm going to find something else to do than watch football on a Sunday afternoon. I will it's it's Halloween, I'll take the kids out early for trick or treating. I'll you know maybe start a fire I don't know but it's not going to be sitting around watching Washington play Denver in football that's not going to happen
0: Solar works my wife works on a Sunday all day okay. so I'm home by myself it's yes. my one day off it's a wonderful hours. day to be home doing and, nothing and uh red zone will not leave my TV Well
1: yeah and like so yes there if you have the red zone that's what yeah. you're going to do I get that and and that's when I have these conversations people are like oh, just get the red zone you're not I this isn't about me I've got the red zone channel I'm fine. This I don't. This world that we live in, where you think I'm when I say these things, it's about me. I'm not you. I don't operate that way. And if I do, I come right out and I tell you this is a me thing. This is not a me thing. This is the insanity of the NFL. This is nuts. That and again, this is not as bad as some. There are a lot of weeks, like the week of the Cleveland uh, Chargers game, which was was the game of the year. It was unbelievable. And unless you lived in Los Angeles or in Cleveland, you did not get to see it yep. it's that's not there's no that's not a good thing that does not help and I get that you're saying, well, why would the NFL need help you're, just because you have a massive audience doesn't mean it can't be bigger I mean I, have you ever heard of any like, uh, who's a popular musician right now? Dua Lipa, right? She's quite popular. People like her. She's levitating. <laughs> like Dua Lipa's sitting around, like, well, you know what? We can't have any more people listening to my music. We've got we got as many as we need. We got to stop trying. Don't send the songs to radio anymore. We can't have any more. That would be bad for. What? Sure, I'm worth a bajillion dollars. I don't want to be worth three bajillion dollars. That sounds terrible. Why would I want that? Stop.
0: Well, and the thing about Red Zone is you can't just get Red Zone. You have to buy an entire. you yeah. have to have direct. Package.
1: You have to have Direct TV. Well, oh, the, oh, for Red, for Red Zone. I'm talking about the Sunday ticket. For, yeah. for
0: the Sunday ticket, you have to have Direct TV. I'm, it, it blows my mind that no other cable uh, providers. I, and
1: the thought is that that's going to change at some point. It moving should. Forward, I, I can't believe it, it hasn't. Even yet. even that, it's still dumb. Just put all the games on TV. Agreed. You think if you told Fox, "Hey, you can have a game, but you could also—I tell you what—you know what? What do you air on uh, Fox Sports One on Sunday afternoons? The competitive log rolling. What if we told you you could have an NFL game instead? The second best game of the window. We'll give you that. You don't think that's worth a little bit more money for them? Be like, oh, we could get that game too. Huh? Weird. Stagger the times, maybe. Instead of they all kick off at one o'clock, maybe perhaps you kick off one at noon. You have another. Maybe it's like the NCAA tournament where you have football games going on all day, and you can flip around from game to game to game. You don't. You don't think that might not be a good thing for the NFL? You don't think that that would make us even more? Like you think you think it's um crazy the way that we are glued to our TVs on Sunday. Imagine if there were games kicking off at separated times throughout the course from like noon to as late as 10 p.m. on a Sunday night it be
0: bedlam. It'd be an NCAA tournament every week. Wasn't there a oh, oh, weekend a few years back a Chargers game got canceled because of lightning uh, or something like I that? I think it was a Raiders game. Yeah. And there was like they a had, London game at like nine thirty. Yeah, they had to do a late Sunday night game. And then they did yep. a Sunday night game at like eleven. So you literally could watch TV yep. for seventeen straight hours. Yep. And I did.
1: I assure you, because it's the NFL and we only get so much of it. They only play games once a week. I can't just say I'll skip it and watch the game on Tuesday instead. They ain't doing one. God, it's so dumb. Um, I do want to do a finish this real quick. And we're gonna I, I gotta take another break before we get to Brooks League because we're behind on breaks. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is Glenn Clark personally apologizing for this occurring. I would offer you your money back, but instead I'm offering you up to one hundred dollars free when you deposit at underdog fantasy football and use the code Pressbox. That's I'm I'm willing to give you that money out of out of my back pocket. Um, power rankings are up pressboxonline.com of course you won't be surprised the Ravens slip a little bit um, not, not that far but they slip a little bit that's what happens when you get your ass handed to you at home by the Bengals you, you gotta fall in power rankings who cares uh, this story uh, comes from mm, where does this come from this comes from Newsweek Florida man blanked for Blanking with blank, two words, in front of blank, two words. Florida man blanked for blanking with blank, two words, in front of, Blank, two words, and I'll give you the second of those two words, is plural. So in front of blank blanks, if you will.
0: Which one, the first set of two words or the second set?
1: The second set. The last part of it, the last word of this all is plural. And there's such a nut, part of, the other part of the story is really good too, but it's not in the headline. I'm just, anyway, go ahead. Go ahead.
0: So I have Florida man blanked for blanking with blank blank in front of blank blanks. Yes. Okay. Florida man indicted for laundering with his money in front of high schools. Okay? All right, all of that would work. None of it's correct, but I it,
1: it, you're working through it and I do like that. That's a that's a step. You you made it through the entire thing. Uh, By the way, this finish, this is brought to you by the PressBox Fantasy Football Show, which will return Thursday morning at 11.30 a.m. Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports or PressBoxOnline.com slash radio as KZ joins us to set our lineups. Brought to you by CCBC, as well as Glory Days Grill and the Maryland Department of Transportation.
0: Florida man arrested for playing with fireworks in front of Young pigs. I believe
1: that fireworks is one word, but other than oh, that, right. very good. Right. Arrested is accurate. Yes. Arrested is correct. Florida man arrested for... Keep working your way through that.
0: Florida man and arrested And remember, it
1: doesn't have to... The whole sentence does not have to make sense.
0: Hmm. Florida man arrested for combing with... His fork in front of young toddlers.
1: Mm, mm. As as opposed to the older toddlers that sometimes you see wandering the streets <laughs> yeah. at night, right? <laughs> like, the, young, young, the ones yeah, that look dur- the youngest. During the day, you see the young toddlers, and then it gets laid out. You're like, oh, boy, the older toddlers started to The ones, who, the ones who, whose parents were clearly smokers. I see. I see. All right, give me a number one to five. Two. Two. Ice. Ice. Florida man arrested for blanking with ice blank in front of blank blanks.
0: Florida man arrested for. <laughs> this is a family-friendly show. I would have family-ish.
1: To Some sometimes things we say aren't so family-friendly. A lot of the finish is aren't as family-friendly.
0: Florida man arrested for masturbating with ice pick in front of two schools
1: all right masturbating is correct i was going to go with pleasuring himself to make it more family friendly but it was very difficult to write out the blanks for that Uh, florida man arrested with uh masturbating and pick is so close it's actually ice pack so i'm just going to give it to you because it's so close ice pack Uh, I've I've thought about it a little bit and then
0: chose to stop thinking about it. Fair 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 enough. Florida man arrested for masturbating with ice pack in front of church congregants. I I like where your head's
1: at. It was first responders was the group of people we were looking for here. Literally the people that gave him the ice pack. Uh, Florida man has been arrested for pleasuring himself with an ice pack while first responders were on call to assist him with breathing issues. On October 14th, 30-year-old Terry Majors of Pinellas County, Florida, was arrested and charged with exposure of sexual organs, a misdemeanor. He was released on October 15th on his own recognizance. According to an arrest report, Majors called 911 because he was experiencing shortness of breath. Once the EMT crew arrived, Majors removed his clothing and began masturbating with an ice pack in the presence of first responders, according to police. First responders would like to prosecute, said Officer Hannah Duran in the arrest report. Um this guy this is upsetting. This guy literally ca- it's not just what he did. It's how he did it that's so bothersome. He called 911 so he could do this. He specifically wanted to do it in front of first responders. Think about that. People we don't kink shame. We you, don't. You said we that's don't a fact. kink shame. We do not kink shame. But we do shame breaking the law. We do that when, and taking <laughs> up the enough. valuable time of uh, people that are protecting us. We do shame that. We don't kink shame, though. You're right about it. <coughs> now, why would that come up during the course of power rankings, you might ask yourself? I'm so glad you did. Go to PressBoxOnline.com right now and find out. That's called a tease. That's what that's called. Go right now and find out more about how that showed up during the course of power rankings. <sighs> Uh, Your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com bring you today's show. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. When we come back in, could there be another Brooks in Baltimore? I know there was Brooks, Rice Krispies, Brooks, that guy showed up last year. (coughs) oh yeah that's lovely a more significant one could brooks lee be the number one overall pick in the mlb draft we're gonna meet him next he's a shortstop from cal poly and we'll find out i mean he's not gonna know if the Orioles are gonna take him number one we're gonna find out if the reason he's named brooks is you know what you know what we're talking just move on take a break we'll talk to brooks lee next
9: what's up everybody this is ty's bowser i can't wait to see you guys for the ty's bowser show this fall we're going to be taking the show on the roll all over the area you can meet me and my very special guests if you can't make it out you can watch the show on live on Pressbox facebook page or listen the next day find out more about where we'll be by checking out pressboxonline.com bowser we'll see you all season long for the ty's bowser show
1: Hi, it's Glenn Clark here for Window Nation. You know, a lot of things change with the season this time of year. The leaves change, temperatures change, your clothing changes. But the one thing that stays rock solid is the quality windows, installation, and customer service from Window Nation. Plus, their amazing offer, buy two windows, get two free, plus pay nothing for two full years. They never cut corners when it comes to quality and transparency from start to finish. Call 866-90NATION today or online at windownation.com. It's the perfect time for Window donation, the perfect fit.
7: I love you more than rock and roll. I love you more than a swimming hole. I love you more than pinball, but not as much as football.
6: Celebrate your love of football with Raven Scratch Offs from the Maryland Lottery. Win up to $100,000 instantly or second chance cash in Ravens prizes. I love you more than balls. but not as much as football. Oh. Play Raven Scratch Offs at any Maryland Lottery retailer please play
3: responsibly. Every seat is the best seat at M&T Bank Stadium. Don't miss a moment of Ravens football this season. Single game tickets are now available at BaltimoreRavens.com tickets. I love driving my tractor trailer. And just like you, I just want to make it to my destination safely. If you drive too closely to my truck, I can't see you, and you can't see what's in front of me. If I have to brake suddenly, our lives can be changed forever. If a truck stops quickly, can you? Don't tailgate trucks.
7: Brought to you by the Maryland Department of Transportation State Highway Administration.
1: The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Mike Ashley dives in on 20 seasons for Brenda Freeze as the head coach of the Maryland women's basketball team as she looks back, but also looks forward. Plus, we introduce you to men's and women's college basketball players from every D1 program in the area, and the very first Baltimore interview with Elijah Green, the son of former Raven Eric Green, who could well be the Orioles pick with the number one spot in next year's MLB draft. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at
5: PressBoxOnline.com. You've got questions. They've got answers. Sure, I mean, we'll go with that. It's Glenn and Paul on Glenn Clark Radio. We you know we're about to
1: talk some baseball here on GCR. They were talking baseball last night on Facebook Live. Stan the Fan, former Oriole Ross Grimsley, and Rich Dubroff from BaltimoreBaseball.com. If you missed any of that, go right now to Facebook.com slash Sports. click on the Videos tab, or find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash video. Well, we do believe that the Baltimore Orioles will have the number one pick in the 2022 MLB draft. Based on the current CBA, that would be the case. There's going to be a new CBA. We at least hope there's going to be a new CBA. And I guess technically that could change, but we don't have any reason to think that's the case. We are to assume that the Orioles will have the number one pick. So who might they select? Well, our next guest might very well be The player they end up selecting with the number one overall pick in the MLB draft. He is one of the top prospects in all of college baseball. He is a shortstop for Cal Poly. It's a pleasure to welcome into the show for the first time Mr. Brooks Lee, who's with us now here on GCR. Brooks, it's Glenn and Paul back in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us. Yeah, nice to talk to you. Thank you for having me on the show. Yeah, it's great to chat with you. I know it's early out there, man, so thank you for getting up and doing this so early. I know when I was in college... I was not the type that would be up at this, this hour. That would not be happening. I guess because you're an athlete, you know, there's a little bit different. You're probably up, you know, you've probably already ran like 12 flights of stairs or something like that. <laughs> <laughs>
10: yeah, I already had weights, but I'm used to it by now. <laughs>
1: hey, uh, Brooks, the, the first question I got to ask you is the most important one, and there's a correct answer. W- why is your name, Brooks?
10: Named after Bruce Robinson.
1: That's what I was looking for. Now, yep. is is that legit, or is that just what you're telling us? Because you're on in Baltimore right
10: no, now. No, that's a uh, it's a true thing. Um, my dad really liked Brooks Robinson, so stuck with it.
1: Wow, that's that is that just makes this all the more. I just got to I just got chills kind of hearing you say that. Um, did- did you did you know that like growing up was it was it the type of thing where your dad was so obsessed with Brooks Robinson that like he was reminding you about it all the time, or did you maybe ask him at some point when you were like twenty years old and he was like, "Hey dude, there was this baseball player once upon a time, uh, let me tell you about him
10: um from a pretty young age, I knew actually I had a Baltimore orioles t shirt and it was kind of like a jersey and it had Brooks Robinson on the back and uh yeah, I'd always been reminded of it as a kid
1: um <clears throat> I gotta imagine that makes this all pretty interesting for you, right? Yeah. For sure. How much have you I and again, I get you got a whole season to play, you got a lot of things to worry about before we even get to the MLB draft, but when you found out it was gonna be the Orioles at number one, did you did you start having any sorts of feelings about what that could mean to you and, and maybe your dad?
10: Uh yeah, just um looking at all the different outcomes for the draft, uh it's definitely something that You don't want to think about too early, but uh, it's always in the back of my mind on what's going on.
1: uh, Excited for whatever happens when the time comes. Uh, For those that don't know, your father is your coach, correct? Yes. Do you know why he was such a Brooks Robinson fan? Like, do you know that literally to the point where he would name his son after the man? Like, do you know where that came from? Um,
10: Well, there's a couple names that he was interested in, but he liked Brooks Robinson because um, of his defensive capabilities and um honestly i think he just liked the name brooks but uh my mom liked it too so we went ahead and Named me that.
1: Okay, but you know, it just it was just he was a baseball fan and a guy that obviously has lived his life in baseball. And so Brooks Robinson, it wasn't like a unique connection with the Orioles or something like that. It was, oh uh, ju- no, it was okay.
10: more of a name,
1: but he did like Brooks Robinson a lot. That's so cool. Oh man, that is, that is so cool. Could you imagine, like, could you imagine a scenario where you, you know, maybe get introduced in Baltimore next summer and Brooks Robinson is there to meet you and your dad? Could you, like, imagine, like, what that moment would be like for your family?
10: Be surreal, it'd be uh,
1: probably one of the best experiences of my life for sure. (laughs) Yeah, right, no doubt, man. That is so cool. All right, well, we're still a long way away from that, so let's we'll table that for now and just wonder what it could possibly be like. That's that's really incredible. Um, uh, Brooks, tell me about yourself, tell me about you know your background. Um, you know, I mentioned you come from a baseball family, obviously. Did, Did you always know? That baseball was the game for you were you playing other sports like it, what was your background with with being a baseball player
10: um yeah, my family has been surrounded by sports for a while, but um baseball is always the number one goes to uh played baseball basketball um a little bit of football and then uh, nowadays I like to surf but um my grandpa uh, was a really big history at cal Poly. yep um baseball basketball football boxing and uh same thing with my dad and his brothers so kind of just trickled down into me and um, i'm trying to keep
1: it going was there ever a choice for you to go anywhere other than cal poly at that like as you as you point out your family's history there was it sort of like uh, i know where i'm going
10: um yeah at a young age i wasn't really sure what i wanted to do um where i wanted to go but as i got older i kind of started realizing that my dad's the reason why i'm successful so i wanted to give back to him with a good player
1: What what's it been like being you know th- th- obviously you might be even better than than these guys but like what's it been like sort of carrying that legacy with you as a baseball player knowing that people there are so familiar with your dad your uncles your grandfather what's it been like i guess both the the the, the positives and the negatives of something like Dr. that
10: um, yeah so San Luis Obispo is not a very um, big place but uh, it's very tight in um, actually more excited than I was nervous to play in front of uh, people that I knew personally and um, the legacy I just want to keep it going and I've really enjoyed my time here at Cal Poly but uh, it was definitely a lot bigger than just baseball and uh, a lot bigger than me being a student athlete here at Cal Poly it was um, a lot of it was for the town and uh, for the rest of my family
1: too. He is Brooks Lee. He is with us here on Glen Clark Radio Shortstop from Cal Poly, thought of as perhaps the top prospect in the twenty twenty two MLB draft. Brooks, was was there a moment for you where it became real that like it it your future could go beyond Cal Poly? Like was there a moment in your life where you're like, Man, I this could be what I do for a living. Like this could be something special. I'm I might be a little bit better than these other kids. Like, do you remember having a moment like that at some point? Um,
10: it had always been a dream for me to be a professional baseball player, but I think I really started realizing that I could have some potential uh, around my junior year of high school. Um, that's kind of when I started growing into my body and having a little more success, and uh, also having success on a national standpoint instead of just here in uh, my city.
1: Sure, and was there you know like was something was there a game where maybe it hit like five home runs or like was there any particular moment that that stood out?
2: It's... Uh, I had a game
10: that year. I hit two home runs from the left side, opposite field, and then a home run from the right side, and
2: okay. I was
1: just on fire. <laughs>
10: okay, yeah, yeah, it was that kind of uh, might... like an out of body
1: experience almost. That might be a sign. <laughs> like that yeah. might be the type of thing that would make you realize that's the case. Um, yeah, that the your your game as it's moved forward to a higher level. Um, and playing in the summer against some of the best players, how do you feel as though your game has progressed, and what do you feel as though the thing is that's going to get you to the highest level of baseball?
10: Um, I mean, what's helped me so far is being able to compare myself to um, other people that are my build or my position. So, like going to play for Team USA and then uh, in the Cape Cod League, it just... Kind of shows you everyone's strengths individually, and helps me try to get better on my weaknesses for sure. Like uh, doing defensive stuff, and and then from the hitting standpoint, that's when um, that's when you really get to see from a different perspective on every other good player out there.
0: Hey Brooks, it's Paul Valley, and you, you mentioned the Cape Cod League, and you hit over four hundred in the Cape Cod League, and that is exclusively playing with wooden bats. Now we all know that you use metal bats in college. Was the transition to wooden bats difficult? Do you like hitting better with wood bats? It, or is it seems
1: like it wasn't. Yeah, it seems
0: like it wasn't. You were very successful there, but what was that trans- transition like for you?
10: Um, it's actually pretty. It's relatively easy. I like hitting with wood a lot more than I like hitting with metal. Um, but it's just a it's a natural feel for me and. Um, I feel like guys with better swings have a little more success with the wood bat because the metal bats are so forgiving.
1: You, you know, you missed most of last season due to the hamstring injury. Were were you at all worried, like, going into the summer? Were you, did, did you have any lingering doubts about where you were physically, I, you know, going through an injury, a significant injury, obviously, for someone who has such high expectations? I can only imagine, like, it it's got to lead to at least a little consternation, right? It's...
10: Um, yeah. So that injury was my freshman year, but oh, okay.
1: Uh, Sorry, yeah, I apologize.
10: It, it, it's all good. I went out to play that summer, and that's when I had some. Uh,
1: got you. All right. So doubt, I'm doubt for sure, uh, and clearly that doubt went away pretty quickly.
10: Yeah, I played in the Northwoods League uh, up in Minnesota, and the first couple of games, you know, I was pretty scared on how my body was going to be able to take the uh, the beatings of playing baseball, and so. Uh, luckily, I didn't have any injuries that summer, and it just kind of just rolled into where I am
1: now. You, you know, when whenever we talk about uh, yeah. a shortstop at this point in their life, the the first question is, well, what can it last?" Right? Like, what do you believe you can be a shortstop for the next twenty years of your life? Yeah, easily.
10: Why? Uh, I think I have the right tool set, and then uh, I think I have the ability to stay as short and play for as long as i can and um, i think i'm i'm the right type of person to outlast
1: the rest of the people that i'm playing against do you worry at all about the beating that a body tends to take when you play shortstop
10: um not anymore i'm, I'm pretty used to it now uh but i i make sure i take care of myself with every other thing i do
1: uh so i can stay out on the field and it, have you have you played at all anywhere else, or has it all been completely at shortstop? This is what I'm doing. This is who I am.
10: Uh, I have the ability to play anywhere on the field, um, second and third, uh, especially. And then uh, back in the day, before I thought I was good, I used to be a catcher, um, and that's where I have uh, some success too.
1: Okay. So, I mean, like, you can do everything is what you're saying. You're the most talented baseball player of all time. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Like, it's, <laughs> that's, but that's not – so. look, yeah. no, I get what you're – but you, you are a shortstop is ultimately at the end of the day. That's, that's what you are. That's what people are going to be looking at you for. That's what you're going to be drafted as is to play shortstop as a major league baseball player, not as a bat who's playing shortstop right now. Yeah, so it's
10: just being a shortstop is uh, having the ability to also play anywhere else because uh, you have to have the most skills defensively to play shortstop
1: best thing you've learned from being around your father we're talking with brooks lee right right now best thing that you've learned from being around your father so much as as a dad and the best thing that you've learned from him as a baseball coach um
10: as a as a father i'd probably say just being a good person and a good brother a good son um that's kind of what's most important to me uh with my family and then from a baseball standpoint how to deal with success and failure because uh, baseball is just a it 's just a lot of ups and downs in the sport and you 're trying to make it uh as even as possible
1: i mean it's it seems easier said than done right like there this is a sport of failure isn 't it <laughs> like we 're going off we 're raving about you know you hitting four hundred in the cape and you know that means that you got out more times than you got that you got hits like that's mm-hmm. it 's a sport of failure isn 't it um it it's it 's got to be easier said than done because there 's got to be a day where you go for three and you're just you want to beat yourself up about it, right? It's... Yeah, it's a it's a mental roller coaster, if you ask me. But but you're doing okay. But you're doing okay at this point. <laughs> I'm trying. Um, uh, you're a, you. A, I I saw in your bio, you're a you're a surfer as well. Um, was that you know that's just the nature of living out on the west coast. Like it's almost like legally, you have to become a surfer at some point? It's...
10: Um, no, nah, I mean. There wasn't as many kids I thought would uh, surf like in high school, but uh, I, that's when I started getting into it. But um, it's a pretty big community um, here on the West Coast, especially on the Central Coast.
1: Are you the type that's So I'm gonna make a comparison. Um, uh, we we have Adley Rutschman here in Baltimore, and like when you talk to him about golf, he's maybe more competitive in golf than he is as a baseball player. Like it's he's he's in, it's just the nature of who he is as a competitor surfing is such a chill like we think of surfing as being like a chill type of thing but are you the type that's so competitive that like when you go out to surf like I've got to kick this wave's ass today like are you that type
10: (laughs) yeah it it definitely gets in the way of uh, (laughs) the enjoyment but um, yeah that's how that's just how I am it's your Uh, nature yeah I just want to be good at everything I, I do but it uh, definitely gets in the way. Is
1: your entire family like that? Has that like been like what all that you've known in your entire life? Coming from an athletic family, is everybody that competitive?
10: Yeah, it's a lot of uh, it's a lot of trying to be better than one another, um, and no matter how you do it, is, uh, but that's just the way it goes for it, our family. Is there
1: a particular game that maybe you play as a family? Like maybe even a card game, or just I don't know, throwing throwing cornhole in the backyard. That that gets. Maybe unreasonably competitive at certain times because that's the nature of who you guys are. Uh, yeah,
10: it's a Monopoly during Christmas break. Okay, it's, uh, it's
1: not a, it's not a safe environment at the household. <laughs> Wait, so, like, do people actually like get up and storm out in the middle of playing Monopoly? Uh, I, I,
10: never did, but like my sister, my mom, uh, <laughs> and then my dad takes care of all the money
1: when we play. So we're always <laughs> thinking he's cheating. <laughs> That is tremendous. That is really tremendous, man. Uh, Brooksley, biggest goal for you as you got one more, one more season to show everybody what you're all about. Biggest goal for you coming up here in
10: 2022? Um, I would say just help my team win a College World Series or make an appearance in a regional and super regional.
1: That'd be awesome. I mean, it'd be incredible, obviously, for you guys if that were to be the case. Um, Brooks, I, I can't help but just I really get chills thinking about um, your story and, and what it could be um, being named after Brooks Robinson. That's really that is really kind of quite remarkable. Um, where can where can Baltimore Orioles fans who want to be following you uh, during the course of the season? Where can they be following you? Twitter, Instagram, anywhere like that?
10: uh i have both a twitter and an
1: instagram uh with the same handle it would just be brooks Lee 22
10: and then uh i think our instagram at cal poly does a pretty good job of um showing everybody what's going on in the community uh and that's just cal
1: poly staying yeah i saw on that instagram and twitter yeah it's awesome uh brooks it's kind of unreal man kind of unreal i I thought I thought genuinely that you were lying to me at first when you told me that. That's, that's, that's incredible, and I can only yeah. imagine what it would be like. Um, may you have, first of all, a very healthy season this year and another extraordinarily successful season, and would love to touch base with you again as we get a little bit closer to the MLB draft. Congratulations on everything so far. Thank you so much for taking the Thank time you. for us. Thank you for having me, too. Brooks Lee, perhaps the number one overall pick. Coming up in the 2022 MLB Draft. I mean, what a story that is, right? Kid named Brooks, named after Brooks Robinson, could end up going number one overall to the Baltimore Orioles. Could you? Could you imagine? Like, Elijah Green's a great story. I mean, that's th- these are two really unbelievable stories that we've started with as we've done started getting to know these kids. That's that's unbelievable.
0: Yeah, the the the. I would have never thought that the guy who's going to Cal Poly, he's out on the West Coast, and his dad names him after Brooks Robinson. I only thought there
1: was a chance because I knew that his father was a baseball coach and had been in the Giants system for a little while. Like I knew his father was a baseball guy. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, maybe, just because it's it was so ubiquitous. Now, it's not as common at this point with... I'm trying to do the math on this. So Brooks Lee would have been born in... He's, what, 21 now? Mm, so he'd have born, been born in 2000? Yeah. So, uh, you know, rough math that says we're 23 years removed from the end of Brooks Robinson's playing career by that point, um, which doesn't, you know, I, I don't know how old his dad is. Maybe his dad's a little bit older than, you know, a lot. Of, like, you might say, hey, this is on the tail end mm-hmm. of when it was so ubiquitous for kids to be named Brooks at that point. But it was, I mean, it was a big thing throughout the country. Um, there was such a love affair with Brooks Robinson, but uniquely, obviously, with Orioles fans and in this part of the country in the Mid Atlantic region.
0: Oh, I still know people that are naming their kid Brooks. Oh, I mean,
1: I, I, right here though, yeah, more yeah, like yeah. like that. It it doesn't stun me. It doesn't stun me that someone who was so entrenched in baseball just genuinely loved watching Brooks Robinson play and even if they weren't here or from here, they fell in love with. It. I mean, I think mm-hmm. a lot of obsessed baseball fans, how many, how many of us were obsessed with Ken Griffey Jr., despite the fact that he was playing on the... This guy. Yeah, you're still wearing your hat backwards today. Yeah. Um, uh, Ken Griffey Jr. joined the ownership group of the Mariners yesterday, did I see that right?
0: I knew he was working in their front office. Or I, I want to say... He was maybe like a liaison for them. There or was an announcement that,
1: yesterday with Ken Griffey Jr. I want to say it was that he was becoming part... Uh, yeah, he got an ownership stake. Oh, in the Seattle Mariners,
0: he should have one. He he helped save baseball in that city. They, they, no, there's no doubt about that. They were about to, they were about to be gone.
1: I don't know. Um, I don't know like how significant of an ownership stake. I mean, there's a lot of like for example in Baltimore, Pam Shriver has an ownership stake in the Orioles, and it means not like a- ask Pam. Sh- and I'm I'm close with Pam Shriver, so I I know this. Like ask her on a given day, like. If she has anything whatsoever at all to do with the Baltimore Orioles, and she's like, No, but if I go home I can get tickets. <laughs> like, right. like that's the extent of it. Like that's the extent of her relationship so with He's the probably Ours.
0: somewhere between Pam Shriver and Magic Johnson.
2: Yes, I'm
1: guessing that it's a little bit more significant than than that. And Tom wasn't Tom Clancy part of the, the ownership mm-hmm. group in Baltimore. Um, I'm guessing it's a little bit more than Pam Shriver's stake, but I don't know. It doesn't I'm not seeing exactly how much of a stake it is um, in being an owner of the Mariners but there were a lot of people that that were our age that were genuinely obsessed with Ken Griffey Jr despite the fact that like we were nowhere near Seattle we just truly loved watching that dude play baseball mm-hmm. oddly my ob- my baseball obsession was actually not Ken Griffey Jr my baseball obsession was Kenny Lofton that was the guy that i was utterly obsessed with
0: he and Fred McGriff should both be in the Hall of Fame yeah
1: i've 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 talked about this a lot over the years and i Look, I personally, I don't. The Fred McGriff thing doesn't affect, doesn't touch me in a personal way. I'm, I'm so obsessed with Kenny Lofton that I can't, I, I can't talk about it reasonably. Mm-hmm. I worshipped at the altar of Kenny Lofton. Like I wanted to watch that dude play baseball more than I wanted to talk to a pretty girl. I was so obsessed with that guy it was overwhelming
0: you could make the argument that ken griffey jr is the reason that kenny lofton isn't in the hall of fame because everybody well, talked y- about griffey yeah nobody was really talking about Lofton. Well, i mean and if, if, if there was like, no he Griffey, he certainly
1: didn't have the offensive numbers that ken griffey jr had like he that's was pretty he was phenomenal a, he was a
2: capable he was an, obviously he was an incredible
1: defensive player and he was a good leadoff hitter he was a really good leadoff hitter but he also he wasn't ricky henderson
0: well, he didn't, <laughs> he didn't was, have the power numbers, but I think he right. had a 200-hit season in there. He P- was...
1: P- might have. I mean, he might very well have. I don't know. Off the top of my head, I can't remember. He might very well have. Um, every time I talk to to people, they're like, I really wish we would have... that He he wouldn't have fallen off the ballot so quickly. I wish he would have been a guy that we would have been able to have more of a look at for 10 years to, to get a feel more for his credentials, but he fell off the ballot super quickly. Might he be a guy that at some point another committee down the road... Visits and looks at his career in a different light, and there's different perspective for the things that he accomplished. Perhaps um, the Fred McGriff thing is nuts. I mean, like if he had hit five more home runs, he'd be in the Hall of Fame. It's just, it's insane.
0: Yeah, I, mean, I, I did a f- thread McGriff on uh, Twitter yeah. about this that he should be in the Hall. But Kenny, Kenny Lofton, two ninety nine career average, three seventy two mm, OBP. It's not that he wasn't twenty five hundred hits he, almost.
1: It's just that like the standard was if you're going to be a leadoff hitter that got in, you had to be Ricky Henderson. Now Tim mm. Raines eventually got in and I'd have to think about Tim Raines offensive numbers in comparison to Kenny Lofton like I'd have to to see those two things to to see you know if if it's glaring that Tim Raines got in and Kenny Lofton literally was off the ballot in a in the blink of an eye
0: 622 steals led, For Lofton Yeah, led yeah. the league 5 years in a row
1: But remember I mean like the numbers
2: that Henderson was the it the,
1: this is the problem everything was so screwy as far as a standard was for leadoff hitters because Ricky Henderson was so overwhelming that it was hard to, to say, well, you're, you're the second best of an era, Yeah, but you're nowhere close to the best. Like mm-hmm. he, Ricky Henderson was so far above and beyond any leadoff hitter in the history of baseball that it just made it for a very difficult
0: standard. Ricky Henderson also played 47 years in the majors. Well, he didn't play 47 years. 47. He played, no, he didn't play
1: 47. <laughs> he played a long time. Um, uh, Tim Raines finishes
2: a three oh three career hitter, so it's not far off.
0: How
1: many steals did he have? Uh, uh Tim Raines finished with. Uh, why am I not seeing stolen bases? What the hell? What was Baseball Reference doing? Where are his stolen bases?
0: It's like three over from batting average, to the left. Ah,
1: you're right. Uh finished with eight oh eight. So
0: okay. Like I it certainly
1: seems like Tim Raines was at least as, if not more deserving than Kenny Lofton. And like, the question becomes in context if Tim Raines got in, is Kenny Lofton closer to that than than was than the original group of voters was able to consider. Remember Tim Raines had to wait until the end of his, you know, time on the ballot yeah. and like a huge Sort of um, analytics push in order to get him in, and it might be that if Kenny Lofton had stayed on the ballot, something like that could have come from him. I was obsessed. I was so obsessed. He was. I Loftin. I hated him
0: because I remember no, he
1: always made. It seemed like he always made his best catches in Baltimore.
0: He, I remember specifically a catch at Jacobs Field on BJ Serhoff where he literally he stood up on a ledge in the middle of the wall and reached like 19 feet over the wall and brought yep. this ball back. Was, uh, of course, I'm exaggerating, but th- yeah, th- I, it, was, it was. It's a highlight reel like catch that. that you still see. He
1: was like that man. He was unbelievable. Um. Yeah, my baseball obsessions. Not the funny thing being. So one of them was Roberto Alomar, who ended up in Baltimore, of course. Mm. Um, I was obsessed with Roberto Alomar. It's, it's, it's a shame that he turns out to be a bad guy, um, because I was absolutely I was in love with Roberto Alomar, and I was you know the like the last obsession before. That you could, you could. That was like kind of when I was at a young enough age that you could call it. That was when Ichiro arrived. I was utterly and completely obsessed with Ichiro. I mean, Mm -hmm. I was just, and that and that lasted throughout his career. Even as I got into this business, I'm like, I don't care, man. Like that guy, I will. I would watch that guy. When when there were rumors about him as an Oriole at the tail end, when. Like, why would you possibly do this? The guy can't play anymore. I'm like, please, please sign that dude. Let him come play here at 50 years old or whatever the hell. He would. Right. Like, oh my god, I would do that in a heartbeat. Um, so yeah, I can understand. It was just such a baseball obsession for so many people. Um, mm-hmm. Brooks Robinson, because you know he played the game the right way, right? Like he was your grandfather's favorite baseball player. He was your father's favorite baseball player. Mm-hmm. He was he represented baseball. Um, for a certain group of people, that it's not that stunning to me, and like you throw it out there. Oh, I like Brooks Robinson. What about the name Brooks? And then you know she's like, oh, I like the name Brooks too, right? Like it's, it's not like you were naming your your child, you know, after Glen Allen Hill, and you're like, what do you think of the name Glen Allen? Like you know, it was a it was a nice name too, on top of it. So, um, great story. Great is your middle story. name Allen? No, it is not. <laughs> it is not my my middle, middle name. No, but Glen Allen. Remember, Glen Allen Hill was all one name. One name. No, I, yeah, I it was know. all one name. And also, obviously, Brooks Robinson a far better player than... Glenn. I don't know why Glenn yeah. Allen Hill was the first <laughs> one that I came with. I was trying to think of like an... Obs- it's a unique name. Yeah, and that's what I was trying to... I was trying to think of a unique baseball name. I'm like, what's a unique baseball name? Mo Vaughn. It'd not be like, hey, I want to name my kid Mo. You are know, right. like, oh, Of course, Mo Gamba. Maybe we might have a lot of kids named Mo now in Baltimore over the years. Good because chance. Because of that. There might be a lot of kids that end up with the name Mo. Try to think of... Give me a good baseball name. Like, that's specific when you think of that name. Um, What, what was his name? Catfish.
0: You don't see a lot of kids be named catfish yeah, because a of catfish
1: hunt. I know, I get it, but like Raleigh fingers, Raleigh. I don't see a lot of Raleigh's popping up in the years after Raleigh. I'm thinking, I'm guessing he was actually named
0: Roland. I'm just if I had to guess, probably. But know. you don't see too many Rolands popping up anymore. Well, you
1: still see a, a couple of them. Uh, Roland from Schitt's Creek, for example, was a Chris <laughs> Elliott character, very important.
0: Sixty-two-year-old <laughs> Chris yeah. Elliott. Yeah. All right.
1: Um winding down for a uh, Tuesday edition of the program. It's also been brought to you today by Window Nation. The falls calling sale for at least at least 5 more days. Take advantage. Buy 2 windows, get 2 free. Buy 4 windows, get 4 free. Buy 8 windows, get 8 free, so on and so forth. There's no limit. Plus pay nothing for 2 full years. 866 90 Nation or windonation.com to find out more. We'll come back in get a tidbit, get tubular be able to wrap it up. It's Glenn Clark Radio.
3: Every seat is the best seat at M&T Bank Stadium. Don't miss a moment of Ravens football this season. Single game tickets are now available at BaltimoreRavens.com tickets. The latest edition of Press Box is
1: available now. On the cover, Mike Ashley dives in on 20 seasons for Brenda Freeze as the head coach of the Maryland women's basketball team as she looks back but also looks forward. Plus, we introduce you to men's and women's college basketball players from every D1 program in the area, and the very first Baltimore interview with Elijah Green, the son of former Raven Eric Green, who could well be the Orioles' pick with the number one spot in next year's MLB draft. Press Box is available for free at over 500 areas
9: What's up, everybody? This is Ty's Bowser. I can't wait to see you guys for the ties Bowser show this fall. We're going to be taking the show on the road all over the area. You can meet me and my very special guests. If you can't make it out, you can watch the show on live on Pressbox Facebook page or listen the next day. Find out more about where we'll be by checking out pressboxonline.com Bowser. We'll see you all season long for the ties Bowser show.
2: The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is coming soon to Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Maryland, this is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org.
5: every thursday 11:30 a.m the toyota tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines
1: you can choose the perfect toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new tacomas from your local toyota dealer
5: today if you miss anything don't forget that you can find whole shows later on spotify apple or amazon podcast it's glenn clark radio
1: Winding down for a Tuesday edition of the program. Don't forget, tonight's Tyus Bowser show, unfortunately, if you're not a a member at the Center Club, uh, you're not going to be able to join us for this one, but you'll still be able to watch it. uh, Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports tonight, uh, or tomorrow at PressBoxOnline.com slash video, or you'll be able to hear it over the course of the next couple days here on the show, Tyus and his special guest, Deshaun Elliott. And then we will be at Mother's in Timonium, or maybe Cockeysville. We still haven't really kind of
0: defined it perfectly, but I think technically they call it Timonium. So if that's the case. Oh, yeah. All right. have to unmute myself. Matt said that uh, Padonia is Cockeysville. So if
1: it's on Padonia, either way. That's if you're what, on Padonia, he's calling it Cockiesville, yes. Matt Myers. Damn it. Well, oh, let me see. I'm gonna just, I just want to make sure. Mothers, I'm pretty sure that their address is...
2: Legally speaking,
1: yeah, legally speaking. You know, this, this, this. go figure this. Their address legally is Lutherville-tymonium. What is that? This is a weird bit, too, by the way. Okay, so I grew up in Kingsville, right? I was on Bradshaw Road in Kingsville. The Kingsville, but that's Kingsville. We Everybody knows that's Kingsville. Bradshaw Road is, you're in Kingsville. So down here is Route 7. We were right here. Over here is where it intersects with Route 1. The Kingsville post office was all the way over here, right? That's where the Kingsville post office is, where we lived. Mm -hmm. On Bradshaw Road, right here, was the Upper Falls post office, which is a completely different town, apparently. It was right here, like six inches from where we lived. But our post office was, of course, in Kingsville, because that's where we lived, way down here. I don't understand
0: anything. I was driving here today, and I noticed Richard's Farm on Glen Arm Road, and it said, Richard's Farm of White Marsh. And Richardson's. Richardson's yes. Farm of White Marsh. I did yeah, not realize that Glen not. Arm yeah, was, was, was White, Marsh. White Marsh. I'm on the Mother's website. It's, they're celebrating 20 years, by the way. So Love Mother's. Hours and location. Two f- 2450 Broad Avenue, Timonium, Maryland.
1: All right. We're just going to go with Timonium. And that's where we're going to be on November 16th for the next Tyus Bowser Show. It's brought to you by PressBox and Great Eights Memorabilia. PressBoxOnline.com slash Bowser for you to find out more. And, again, Great Eights has a lot of incredible stuff going on to benefit Harvest of Hope. Find out more. Great GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. All right. Tidbit brought to you by Project Game Day. We're back. Not this week, obviously, because there's a bye, but the following Sunday. Baltimore, Minnesota, be myself at halftime. I'll be joined by the NFL chick Sarita. Ooh, hello, Sarita Hubbard postgame. Project Game Day, every game day this season, brought to you by Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, and Underdog Fantasy Football. See ya for Project Game Day. What you
0: got? Last night, the Saints had a drive that went 86 yards on 19 plays and lasted 10 minutes and 16 seconds. The longest drive in the NFL this season in both plays and time. The drive, however, did not result in a touchdown, but rather a field goal. Pretty disheartening for Saints fans and Alvin Kamara fantasy owners everywhere. God,
1: they stink.
0: It was not, however, the longest drive in Saints history, nor was it the longest drive to not result in a touchdown. Against the Panthers on October 7, 2006, the Saints had a drive that was 24 plays, 93 yards, and took 10 minutes and 22 seconds off the clock, yet resulted in a blocked 20-yard field goal. Can you imagine a, a 24-play, 93-yard drive? Takes 10 and a half minutes off the clock and you don't, you don't score? Get anything? You get nothing? Man, that is
1: brutal. That is really brutal.
0: On that 19, this is the trivia part of it, on that 19-play drive, Alvin Kamara had 11 touches, including three receptions. For the game, he had 10 receptions for 128 yards and is on pace for 75 receptions this season, just short of 80. Kamara is one of three fullbackslash running backs in NFL history with four or more 80 plus catch seasons and one of only six with more than one. Say that one more time. Alvin Kamara is one of three either fullbacks or running backs in NFL history with four seasons or more Uh of 80-plus catches, and he's one of only six with more than one. Who are the other five?
1: Fullbacks or running backs.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, Marshall Falk. He is number one with five.
1: Larry Centers.
0: He is number two with four. I didn't think you'd get that. Uh, he's he's he number two with the, four. Like
1: he's like the fullback that had the most catches in the history of football. Fair enough. Is he the only fullback on the list? He or is the I only know.
0: fullback. That's why I put fullbacks right. in there.
1: Yeah. Well, that's the only reason I guessed Larry. I assure you, if you just, I would not have. Um. All right, so now the other. Uh, Ray Rice. No. Brian Westbrook. No.
0: Um, Christian McCaffrey. He is third on the list with three. He also has the two highest catch totals. I think like a hundred and fourteen and a hundred and six, back to back years. Mm,
1: sounds about right. Maurice Jones-Drew. No. Uh, Ladainian Tomlinson. No.
0: Only have one. No. No, that's not that's. St- I- Man, Reggie Bush. Nope. We are very familiar with this guy.
1: Very familiar with this guy. It's not. We are very familiar with this guy. Oh, Le'Veon Bell.
0: Le'Veon Bell. Yeah. Number four, tied for four, fourth with two. There's one other. You may not get this guy. Darren Sproles. No. He's definitely not that recent.
1: Definitely not that recent. Okay. Uh,
2: Larry Zonka.
1: No. Mm, I don't. I don't. I mean, I, I, is is it is it a is
0: it a Hall of Fame caliber player? He was a four-time Pro Bowler, one-time All-Pro. His last season was nineteen ninety-three. Last season was
1: 1993.
0: Herschel Walker. No, he played
1: beyond that. Herschel Walker.
0: And this guy, I somewhat lied. I didn't realize he was He spent half his career as a fullback and half of his career as a running back. I'm never going to get this.
1: Just go ahead and tell me. Roger Craig. Oh, Roger Craig actually is a hell of a player. Why did I not get Roger Craig? All right, that's on me. That's on me. I failed there. Damn it. All right. Good tidbit. Very good tidbit. Tubular brought to you by Glory Days Grill. You can still take advantage of the Oktoberfest menu, including the chicken schnitzel, the brewer sausage sandwich, the brewer sausage platter. It's all available right now at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. Find out more, get your order in, GloryDaysGrill.com. Here's what's coming up tonight. Totally tubular. Game one of the World Series. Braves, Astros in Houston. Charlie Morton is on the mound. Framber Valdez goes for the Astros. It's on Fox, just after eight o'clock for Game One of the World Series tonight. Um, uh, BTN for if you're a Maryland soccer fan, they are winding down the regular season, and of course, Maryland soccer always a threat to do some very impressive things. They're in action tonight. For some reason, my internet stopped working right now, Paul, so you might just have to read all the sports stuff. too. Oh, nope, they just decided to come. Nice of you to rejoin us, internets. Thank you. Appreciate you stopping by right as I'm trying to read totally tubular. It was very swell. It still didn't know. Just read it for me. Go ahead, read it for me because it's still being a, a nonsense. So now. you stopped off uh, at- I was, Read the Maryland soccer game and then go forward. Oh, no, nope, uh, I got it. Never mind. Thank you. Maryland Penn State at 8 on <laughs> Big Ten Network. Right. work. Uh, Fox Sports 1 for a friendly between the U.S. women and South Korea at 8. TNT, Sixers, Knicks at 7.30, Nuggets, Jazz at 10. ESPN, the unveiling of the first college football playoff top 25 at 7 o'clock. And they've got Golden Knights Avalanche at 8. Seattle Sounders and LAFC at 10.30. ESPN Plus and Hulu for Sharks Predators at 8.30. The USA Network for WWE NXT at 8.
0: Non-sports. On Masson tonight, a new uh, episode of Touchdown Baltimore at 10.00. Uh, on NBC, La Brea at 9. The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon with guest Drew Barrymore, Mo Rocca, and musical guest Mainskin at 11.30. Uh, Late Night with Seth Meyers with guest Amanda Seyfried and Rebecca Ferguson. Uh, again, that's and that's at, I believe, midnight. Uh, ABC, Jimmy Kimmel Live with guest Jeremy Renner and Olivia, R- Olivia Rodrigo at 11.30. And on CBS, The Late Show with Stephen Colbert with guest Katie Couric and Gabby Derrett.
1: All right. Very good. Thanks today to Sean Hill, to Ralph Friedman, and as well. To Brooks Lee, we'll get it all up in the Greatest Hits section
0: of the Archives.
1: Oh, you're doing something different entirely. <laughs> that was that Proc- was a little bit weird, but I'm,
0: I'm listening. <laughs> Proctor I'm lic- gave me some ah. stuff over yesterday, so
1: I figured I'd try something I'm, new. I'm listening. It's it's interesting. It's sort <laughs> of uh, like a mariachi band saying Archives. I'm, I'm not opposed to it. I want that for the record. I'm not opposed to it. Uh, coming up on the program tomorrow, we will chat with Bo Smolka because we're doing the college basketball thing on Friday, so we're going to do that tomorrow. Um, we will also chat tomorrow with EJ Henderson as we continue to celebrate that 20th anniversary, the 2001 Maryland football team, and, uh, and stuff and things, stuff and things on the program tomorrow as well. Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, CCBC, Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, Royal Farms, Chesapeake Employers Insurance, Exxon Mobil, K&S Automotive, the Maryland Lottery, Great Eights Memorabilia, Sports and Social MD, the Baltimore Ravens, Maryland Department of Transportation, Underdog Fantasy Football, your local Toyota dealer, and buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Paul Valley. Follow him on Twitter at Paul Valley third. Follow us at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter and Instagram. Have a great Tuesday night. I I don't care who wins the World Series at this point. I said that before. I prefer the Braves, but like you know, not I, whatever. Go Braves, fine. If ever Everyone the rest, of you, if ever the rest, of you want the Braves, go Braves. But I'm just not going to be angry the other way. Duke sucks, Ohio State sucks too.